Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. We got a great show this week. Uh, we have Forrest Griffin calling in. Uh, we have Rudy Morales, who's fighting in Combate Americas uh, this Monday night in L.A. I'm going to go to that. I, I'm excited. Uh, people, I want to thank our sponsors, Tip a Fighter. Listen, fighters are very underpaid, and it is nonsense. And now the people, you guys can make a difference, okay? I can make a difference. You can make a difference. We could actually tip the fighters for their performances. How cool is that? You tip a waiter. You tip a stripper. You tip a this, a cab driver. The other day, I went to uh, Jersey Mike's, and, and then I was paying, and it said, want to leave a tip? And I love tip a tip, okay? I love when people tip me. Trust me. Now we could tip fighters. This week, Kevin Lee is fighting. Uh, he's fighting Efren Esquizero. He is with tip a fighter. Also, last week, AJ McKee had a amazing performance in Bellator. Uh, tip that guy, okay? The, some of the girls in, um, in Victor would tip a fighter. Listen, and fighters, you're fighting anyway, okay? Might as well get paid extra. So, tipafighter.com, tipafighter.com. Also, people, do you feel like you need to make some changes in your life? I know I do. Well, wake up and take back control. Download Decipher Life. It's available on iTunes, Amazon, or Google Play. It's an audiobook narrated by Decipher's chief executive manager, head sports agent, Daniel Martinez. Expect honesty and some slightly colorful language as he shares his life obstacles firsthand and uncensored. Hear how a willingness to change and adapt with life can help unlock unique, your hidden potential and pave the way for new opportunities. Decipher Life is also formatted to fit any busy schedule. Each chapter is five to 12 minutes long. Okay, not too long, and individually recorded as a single track. Listen on the way to work, on a lunch break, before bed. Okay, listen all the time. Okay, trust me, I listen to it. This, this guy knows what he's talking about. He has helped change my life. Need a refresher in the future? Use the topic title to go back, listen to that specific track again. I only endorse products that I know I've worked for myself. I worked for Bubba Jenkins. It's worked for CB Gold. Okay, trust me, it's good listening. It can help everybody. So pick it up, Decipher Life on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, or directly from their website at decipher.com. That's di-cipher.com. They also do life coaching, uh, contract negotiations, and all kinds of, uh, uh, they give great insight. So go to decipher.com, decipher.com. So I've had a good week. Um, I, uh, last Thursday, I went to a Star Magazine party. Uh, I did a red carpet. I was I, I never feel comfortable on a red carpet. You ever do red carpet stuff? Uh, no. Uh, it's I I just I, I don't know where my hands go. I feel like I look stupid. Uh, some people are just built for the red carpet. I always feel like I'm just not. I don't know. I'm, I'm not comfortable enough on the red carpet. Uh, what but, What is Star Magazine? Star. It's a magazine that has like celebrities and stuff. But uh, it was actually it was a fun party. I actually I uh, brought the girl. Which was cool because she came with me, and everyone's like, "Hey, kiss, kiss her!" Like the, all the people that were doing the red carpet. <laughs> That's where that photo came. Yeah, yeah. From. So I go to kiss her, and then it was like weird. Like we actually did kiss, but the kiss they took, it looked like I was licking her teeth. And then, yeah. and then I posted, and everyone's like, "She doesn't like you." And just, <laughs> and dude, oh, nice to lick her teeth. It just, yeah, that was rough. You get, which was funny. I was like, all right, I'll like, I did that, and then we saw this girl, Jess Glynn. Uh, who, who I didn't even know who she was until I heard her song. I'm like, I heard that song all the time. She was actually, she put on a great show. Uh, that was fun. Uh, that was a, so it was a cool little party. So Friday, I go to San Diego and I see Phil Davis, and uh, <laughs> who's fighting King Mo. Uh, Phil Davis. That was awesome seeing Phil. It was funny though because like the first show was the lightest show. Yeah, and they were the tightest crowd. And of course, that's the one Phil goes to. Yeah. And I, and I I still have that like want to impress my friends. 
Like when my friends yeah, come, I still like want them to. Of course, every other show was packed, like greatest crowd ever. I destroyed, but the one show that Phil came to, it was good. It was a good show, but I had to work extra hard. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to get to the point where I'm done trying to impress everybody. I was Never. thinking about the other day, like Never. when I when I grew up, uh, you know, I come from a dysfunctional family. It was like. I mean, I mean, now we're, we're, we're doing better. But my parents were like, look, it just doesn't matter what we think of you. It's what everyone else thinks of you. It's what the entire world thinks of you. Uh, if you're popular, you're doing well. And then when I was in middle school, I, I want, or grade school, fourth grade, I'm like, I've got to be the most popular kid in fourth grade. And then fifth grade, I've got to be the school president. And then middle school, I wasn't kids starting to like gang up on me because it was like, Let's let's make fun of the one kid. It was like they would just gang up on one kid at a time, and usually it was the Jewish kids. We lost control of the of the the, uh, the, the, the bar mitzvahs. We had the bar mitzvahs in seventh grade, and then in eighth grade, one by one, the lacrosse players and like the the, the mean kids started like singling out the Jews in my school. That's basically what happened. And then when it was my turn, I I, I was. I was no longer the most popular kid, so I hung out with bullies. I'm like, okay, if I hang out with the tough kids, kids will think I'm tough. And that was a terrible mistake. All those kids did was kick my ass. And and because I was the only one dumb enough to hang out with these kids. And then in high school, I started wrestling. And then I found the one thing I was good at was wrestling. But then I started wrestling for everybody else because everyone's like, you're such a good wrestler. You're, you're great. You, you know, you're a state champion. So now I, it's like, oh, now everyone likes me for wrestling. And now... After that, I stopped wrestling. I became a comedian. So now every single night, it's like get the approval of people that you don't know. And if they yeah. laugh at you, I feel good about myself. Yeah. And if they don't laugh, and then I go home and I tweet shit. And if I don't get retweets, I get upset. <laughs> or if I don't get favorites or I don't get likes or Instagram likes. It's like my entire fucking existence is what other people think. And I'm just – I'm sick of it. I'm, 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 I'm realizing it. I'm working out it in therapy. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm starting to not care what anybody gives a f- – like even Mayhem was like – when Mayhem was here, I'm like, I'm looking for a fuck to give. That's, that was a good – actually – I'm like, it's a great way to think of like look for a fuck to give. Yeah. And that's, that's the way I'm starting to like live my life now. Uh, it's, it's been about four hours. Um, and, um, <laughs> it's going good. It's going good. Uh, any comments on that, Tyler? Uh, the, I know what you mean as a comedian, dude. Night after night, we get in front of uh, a room full of strangers, and it's like, gee, I hope all these people that I don't know anything about, I hope they like me. I hope they approve of me. Uh, I think there's a little bit of that. I mean, there's some of it is just you want everyone to have a fun time, have a good time, but there's that like weird looking for approval. But yeah, dude, at the end of the day, do you like you? I, I do like me. That's uh, all that matters. I'm, I'm definitely getting, I'm getting better at liking me. Uh, the older I get, the better I'm getting at liking me. The social media, though, has made it hard because it's, it's, it's before you, I was able to shut off a little bit, yeah. and now it's just like, okay, how many hits am I getting? Uh, how many retweets? How many shares? How many likes? How many people are looking at me? And it's just like, it's like fuck, man. When does this end? Uh, luckily, uh, this new girl uh, is going really well with this new girl. I, I really, really like her, and she's not into that. Like, so I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm intentionally taking my phone and putting it away when yeah. we hang out. I'm not looking at, like, like stuff on the internet and stuff like that. So, uh, so that's good. Um, a couple of, it was funny. I did one, so I did three shows Saturday night and, uh, one show was all girls. It was a girl's birthday party in like the side room and they were, they were tight. 
because my, my my jokes are not really for all women. But they were. But but I find that when it's all women together, they laugh more because it's not just I'm not singling out a couple women. Yeah, it's, yeah. They, there's like there's definitely strength in numbers. Yeah. It's like back when I used to give lap dances. Uh, <laughs> uh, I used to, I was in this play where I gave lap dances at the Culture Club. You know. One or two girls wouldn't act like a whore, but if you get tw- <laughs> if you get twenty of them together, mob mentality. There's definitely this group mentality of so. Anyway, this one, these girls were tight in the crowd, so I asked her, girl, "I'm like, what do you do for a living?" How she, do you mean that? She goes, "No, they were just tight." So she, she's like, <laughs> "The girl's like, I'm I'm a a, a, a waxer. I I, I wax vaginas." And then, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh wow!" And then the other girl at her table goes, "I wax her vagina," and I'm like, "Really? Well, what what does it look like? Tell us, tell us, explain to the crowd." <laughs> and then I was like, "Hey, can you tell when she's having sex a lot? Does her vagina like poof up a little bit? Does it look a little?" And then that. That got everybody. And then, like, the, the last show on Saturday night, it was all black crowd. And they were going crazy. Like, it was when I was picking on them, they were, like, getting out of their seats and running around the room. It was, like, one of the, <laughs> it was one of the, one of the best crowds. I love all black crowds. Uh, uh, they were just – they were having so much fun. Um, and uh, it, the, the, the crowd – and I was saying them as in they as black people. I'm saying, like, the crowd was having so much fun and uh, – that was awesome. There was a stalker that came to my show. This girl, right? The, uh, Saturday night. This girl that I, I met, I think I met her like once or twice in L.A. I, off like MySpace. And I think I went out with her. Oh, Jesus. I never went out with her like me and her going out. We went out like as a group one time. Like she came with a couple friends. That's all I remember. So she finds out I'm going to San Diego. So she texts me like, hey, uh, I see. I just bought a ticket to your show. So I wrote, great. She's like, I'm coming to your show. Could we get a drink afterwards? I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I'm not going to have time. She's like, where are you staying? Uh, I'm, like, oh, I'm like, with <laughs> my girlfriend at a hotel. So like, she's like, no, but where? I'm like, oh, no. so I'm like, in San Diego, right? So then, so then, <laughs> so then, on the West Coast. So then she comes to my show, right, sits in the very front uh, with another girl who's like, I thought they were together, this girl from China who was just, Yelling out everything during my set, just yelling, did not understand the concept of a comedy show. <laughs> thought it was thought, thought it was it was a conversation between me and her. And Wait, comedy's not a town meeting. No, not a town meeting. And I was oh. I was I, I, I she had a camera, of course, was filming oh. half the set. I'm like, please put your camera away. I'm like, who would have thought a Chinese girl with a camera, you know? Oh. And then <laughs> so then it was like she puts the camera down and. Finally, like I thought she was with the girl. I'm like, great. Of course, the one girl I br- the one girl comes to sees me brings the most annoying girl. So I, she kept talking. They kept talking during my set. So I finally, I'm like, listen. I even named her by name. I'm like, hey, yeah. please stop talking. It was annoying me. I had to focus on everyone else in the room just because it was annoying me because I was felt like I was I was depriving them of a great show. Yeah, and I wasn't. They were people loved it, but it was still annoying. So then at the end of the show, she leaves, right? And she's with her dad, and her dad says thank you. Her brother says thank you. She starts crying that I yelled at her, right? So she storms out of the comedy club crying, writes me like 50 text messages. I don't respond to one of them. And then the next day, writes me more messages saying, sorry, someone took my phone. I didn't write those messages last night. So, oh, wow. yeah, it was, it was insane. It, that was insane. That was annoying. It was insane. But, uh... But it was funny though. And then after after the show, this lady comes up to me. She's like, "Why aren't you on Saturday Night Live?" I'm like, "Well, I don't really do a lot of characters, and that's not really my thing." And she's like, "But you're so funny." I go, "Thank you." Why aren't you on TV? Well, I'm I'm on a show on Oxygen. 
Nobody watches that network. I'm like, all right, you know what? <laughs> We're done are you, here. Are you trying to compliment me or not? I'm like, leave me alone. And then, and then some other guy at the second show was like, yo, man, you a funny motherfucker. I'm like, thanks. I'm like, yeah, man, you're funny. The motherfuckers on TV. I'm like, thank you. I go, why aren't you on TV? I'm like, I'm on TV. Why don't you have a special? I'm like, it's very political. No, it's not. I'm like, <laughs> what, 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 what? well, then give me one. I'm like, what do you want yeah. from me? So anyway, anyway, Tyler, how was your week? What's going on? Oh, dude, I haven't been in the studio for a while, so uh, it's been it's been busy. I was uh, last uh, couple weeks, I shot a commercial nice. uh, for FreeCreditReport.com. I don't know when that's going to come out, but I'll let you guys know. Uh, I was in uh, Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin. I went out there for a college conference, and I booked a ton of work. So mm. this fall is going to be really busy. Um, I did Adam's show on Tuesday at the Dime Bar. You killed is, it. Oh, it was cr- yes. it was packed in there, man. There was a couple of fighters in there hanging out. Uh, Georgie, Georgie like Carcanyan 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 yeah, yeah, was in there. Uh, it was a it was a fun show, man. Uh, nice. Thanks for having me on. Nice. Um, this last week, I had a couple of buddies come out from New York, and we're trying to uh, just we shot some sketches and uh, stuff like that. So uh, probably get those up on YouTube and stuff maybe soon. But uh, nice. Just, you look happier. Just trying to hustle, man. I got I I, I got the baby you with me baby in with the studio. You. Yes. Uh, I haven't been in the studio because I've been just having a hell of a time trying to get uh, babysitters and childcare. People are flaking out on me, and I thought, you know what? Screw it. Um, I, I don't want to let Adam down, so I was like, I'm going to come, but I was like, I got to bring uh, – I got my son at the daycare with this one lady. I was like, I got to bring the baby, but uh, she's asleep, and um, she's too young, so we can curse and stuff and talk nice. about whatever, and she probably won't pick it up. All right. I'm, I like it. I like <laughs> Maybe, it. Unless now, the first word comes and CB, out. And TV, what's going on with you? Not much, man. Just uh, enjoyed the weekend. Watched every fight I could. Went to the wedding for a little while. Actually ended up late. I showed up at the time on the invitation, and I was like an hour and a half late somehow. So wow. I don't know how that worked. But, um, oh, man, just, just excited the best. for the fight. CB's and- so funny. We always talk about, I always talk about with people. I go, yeah, uh, anybody come? Hey, Greg Wilson, what do you got? Uh, I got two shows coming up. And Tyler, are you? Yeah, I'm in showing Utah CB. I got my uncle's wedding. I'm like, I, I mean, like, people can see you. Uh, oh, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to hang out. Next uh, month. Nice. Next month, I'll be, uh, let's see, Invicta, UFC 199, Almeida Garbrandt, Meta Morris, and the Legends of MMA Hall of Fame. I'll be at all those events. So if anybody's looking for me, I'm not hard to find. Now, nice. we have a special guest in studio. We've got to talk about this guy. This guy is fighting. Uh, I saw him fight at the World Series of Fighting. He had a crazy fight. Uh, this dude... Has a crazy story. Uh, Rudy Morales, how are you, man? I'm doing phenomenal, um, Adam. Thank you so much for having me here on your podcast live. <laughs> it's a pleasure. I, I had to chill by the freeway and kind of ask for some money and try to sell some oranges <laughs> now, to kind of get the funds to come over here, but I made it happen. Now, so. now, where are you from? Originally from Guatemala. From Guatemala, Guatemala. and your parents like left you on the river or something, right? What, what, how, <laughs> how did you get here? Uh, it's a long story. Um, no, no, they didn't leave me in the river, but they left me when I was like maybe three months old. Three months home. old. No, yeah. no, they left you in Guatemala. Guatemala. Where? Uh, with my grandparents. With your grandparents, yeah. right? So you grew yeah. up. You went to high school in Guatemala. No, I didn't go to high. I went to high school here. When the, okay, so when did you yeah. get to America? Uh, when I was thirteen. Thirteen with your grandparents. So, by myself. By yourself. Yeah. How did you get here by uh, yourself? It's, it's uh, it was uh, an amazing ride. But um, we made it happen, and you know I feel very proud of that. But like no, but like who's we? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Trump. I'm not going to kick you out. No, no, no. Uh, no, no. So, um, <laughs> but like who's who's like the like you were, put you in like like a back of a truck or something, and they said you're going to America. 
Oh, no, no. They buy me a plane ticket. But you're a plane ticket. Yeah, yeah. And then who did you stay with when you were here? Oh, with my mother. With your mom. Okay, yeah, so mom. your mom came here, mm-hmm. got you over here. Yeah. Now, did you They're know They're both English? American citizens, so Trump is not going to kick them out. Good. Uh, now, did, now, <laughs> he might did, try. Now, did, yeah. you, did you know English? No, I did not know English. Was that hard growing up, not knowing English? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, when I first got here to the States, I grew up in East L.A. and then in South Central. So being from the Guatemalan heritage, you know, um, the Latino community didn't accept me so well. And especially because I didn't speak the language. So I had to fight a lot. Fight and, a lot? Yeah. Now, now oh, did, yeah. You, did you graduate high school? I did. You graduated high school. Yeah. Uh, the, did you play sports in high school? or I played soccer. Played soccer. Yeah. Were you good? I, I was uh, the goalie of the champion goalie of the league and stuff. Oh, that's good. There yeah. we go. Now, when did you start getting into fighting? Well, I started martial arts when I was eight years old. I started with Kempo Karate. Um you know, pursue that, you know, career or that art here in the States. And I became a black belt in Kempo Karate. Okay. Under Giovanni Tale uh, from Sport Karate Guatemala. And, you know, that's what kept me sane. You know what I mean? That was my therapy. You know, karate was my therapy to keep going forward. And, you know, I had to, you know, adapt real quick. I had to go from being a young kid to to being, you know, a man right away because I didn't have nobody else. You know, like I said, when I first got here, things didn't go so well. Uh, with my mother, so basically, I was you know on the streets. By the time I was 15 years old, you were on the streets. On the streets. So how did yeah. you? I mean, where were you living? Shit, man, I lived from. Oh, I could curse, right? Yeah. Fuck. I don't know if the yeah yeah the promoters ahead. are gonna be happy about that, but it's so good. Um, I worked from selling shoes to you know making grills to painting houses to cleaning restrooms from installing carpet to roofing to stucco to drywalling. To, um, I mean, anything, anything that's got to do with a house or hard work, I did that. But when I was selling shoes at the Sloss and Swap Me, I'm pretty sure some of you guys yeah. are familiar with that place. That's when I learned that I had like the people's persons, you know, um, kind of, kind of virtual gift. Yeah. And then I just decided, I was like, all right, cool. I like this. I could do better. And that's when I decided to, you know, take off to Las Vegas. Yeah. So you're in Vegas and now you're at Vandalay Fight Team. No, I'm not. Oh, where are you at? Um, I started my professional career at Syndicate MMA. Yeah. But I, now I made some changes and I trained with, I trained with um, the world jiu-jitsu champion, Robert Drysdale. Oh, nice. And then also with uh, the Gracie Humaita team with uh, Mika Sipili and James Nibal. Now, the one fight I saw wrestling was, was Achilles heel. Uh, it seemed like wrestling, like stand up, you're great, but wrestling, I'd be working on takedown defense and everything. And yeah, you know, for the most part, a lot of people, you know, criticize me. He's like, man, you don't do enough wrestling. Trust me. I've done a lot of shitload of wrestling and working, no takedown defense, but I've noticed that I've been focusing and putting out there the universe, what I don't want to happen. Right. So I'm creating my own reality. So for this camp, I actually focus on what I do want to happen. And it's basically to submit somebody or knock on the fuck out. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Now, you do have eight kids, right? No, actually, I have five. Five kids. Yeah, okay, yeah. you have five kids. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, you always put me on the spot on uh, that uh, one. Okay, so you have five yeah. kids, yeah. all with the same girl? Yeah, the same woman. Nice. Yeah. Are, you, are you with her now? Still? I, I am not. But I, I think, you know, I'm going to make it here. You know, it's the, I could have not chosen a, a better woman than the that woman, you know? Well, definitely fertile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you mentioned in Vegas, you know, I'm, I'm the type of fighter that I don't, I don't pull out of anything. So. No, you don't pull yeah. out of anything. Now, we're going to talk to Forrest Griffin. We're going to get back to you because I got so many questions, Rudy, for you. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're going to call Forrest right now. Uh, Forrest Griffin, the UFC Hall of Famer. Uh, the, I don't know, the guy who's basically responsible for having UFC on every weekend. And my former training partner. Uh, your, your training partner? Yeah, I trained at Extreme Couture three years. But you guys like like spar together uh, and stuff? I didn't like spar him directly, but I worked out with him 
almost every day that he was in there. When nice. I was in there, he wasn't in there a lot. But, you know, the first time I met him, he goes, you need to invest in tattoo removal. And I did the <laughs> opposite. <laughs> Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. Let's tell listeners about our podcast, A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Yes, we came up with the idea for a podcast where it was going to be a dinner party style conversation on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. All of our rapper friends were going to come over, but then the press release went out and it said that it was going to be a dinner party. And we were like, oh no, we have to cook for all these rappers. And so we have. We've had people like Jadakiss and Mac Miller and Migos. They're all here to tell stories and they end up being fed, which is great. Yeah, a little surprise. Check us out, A Waste of Time with It's The Real with new episodes every Tuesday. Yes, download, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or check us out on sideshownetwork.tv slash it's the real. We out you. Forrest, how's it going? Good, man. What's happening? You're on the M. May Roasted podcast. Uh, It's me, CB Gold, Rudy Morales, Tyler Bowe. How are you, buddy, man? It's an honor to have you on. I'm well. I'm well, man. What are you up to? Uh, things are good, man. Just doing lots of shows. I'm going to be in Vegas this weekend. I'm shooting a pilot this weekend. So excited. Maybe uh, we can catch up. Uh, it was great seeing you at the UFC office when I, when I ran into you. Uh, what are you doing for the UFC now? Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of mind my own fucking business. A lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. Athlete development. You know, we're building that new athlete health and performance center. Apparently, I'm coaching the... Uh, Third season of Tough Latin America. Congratulations. So kind of like, what's that? Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really haven't been working out or training for almost three years. So I've been going in and uh, running some practices to see to, if I can remember how to do it. And it seems like pretty simple. Now, do you speak Spanish at all? <laughs> Not at all, but I mean, I'll be down there for like a month. I'm sure I'll be flown by the end of it. <laughs> sure. Forrest, I got a question for you. I wanted to see if you could put a good word for me in the UFC for the Latin America show. Because I know Adam, oh, may, okay. Adam may not know this, but I don't know if you remember me. Because, you know, he was actually talking earlier about stalkers. And I think you seem like yeah. out of all the UFC fighters, you're the one who stalks me the most at the 5Ks, the UFC 5Ks. Because I always see yeah. you there drinking real water. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, you deliver it. So there you go. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Now, uh, now, Forrest. You, now, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Now, do you miss? Uh, do Do you uh, miss fighting at all? Uh, you know, I really actually miss uh, the training. You get up every day. You go to the gym. You try to get a little better at one thing. It's good singularity of purpose. Keeps you kind on track. Good for people like me. You know, it's just. A very goal-oriented life. Like, what what did I get up today for? Like, how am I going to make the world better? What am I going to do? How am I going to make myself better? You know, all that self-help BS. Yeah, I mean, you've had so many great fights, man. I mean, just uh, uh, just your fights, your fight with Bonner, your fights, your fights with Rampage. What's a fight that you're the most proud of? Uh, proud of? I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I have no idea. What's a fight? Good question. What's um, a- what about a one that you wish you had back? Well, I mean, that's pretty obvious. The Anderson Silver fight. It's <laughs> a no-brainer. Yeah, I got, I got knocked out, you know, two weeks to the day before that fight. And uh, it, had I been a UFC athlete today, I would be the train smarter. Actually, I wasn't really training that dumb. I was just, you know, spent. I was like, I got to get one more hard session in, uh, you know, whatever. And um, I would have pulled out. I forgot to do today. But, yeah, I'm not quite right. 
Now, I mean, did you did you take like an Ambien or something the night before, or some, like took some kind of painkiller? Oh something? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have to fill my drug test, but I, I did that before most of my fights. Which is what? Take an Ambien? Yeah, the night before you got nerves and stuff. You know, I would I would always do that. So uh, it is actually in competition illegal now, but this is pre-Sada stuff. So. Right, 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 right. Now, after that fight, which was, uh, which I, I didn't even want to really go into that fight, but since you brought it up, uh, when you, um, when you ran back afterwards man, you and tricked, you were, you tricked me in bringing that up. <laughs> by the way. You, you asked a very pointed and obvious question. It's not like I was like, hey, let's talk about what's in my life today. Like, trust me, I, I figured I would talk about the athlete health the performance center. I saw all the cool things the UFC is trying to do for the athletes, uh, job shadowing program. You yes. know the research with the Cleveland Clinic to determine one, uh, you know, one, one fighters who never, you know, notoriously don't know when to say when, when to medically say when, hey, look, you can't compete anymore. Right. You know, uh, obviously, fighting involves trauma to the brain and head, but, uh, you know, hopefully the study with the Cleveland Clinic will identify when that becomes dangerous or permanent. No, but all right, but back to that fight though. Now, how hard is it? How hard? Oh, I love it. I love it. You love it. You <laughs> You didn't even look at what I said. You're the whole time. You're like, you're like, no, I want to get into that. No, I want to. No, I do want to get into that. No, but no, because it, it does seem like you know you're a very big guy. You're a very intimidating guy. Now, after that fight, are people just kind of scared? I mean, I'm not intimidating. I'm kind of goofy looking. <laughs> you're kind of, but you're a big dude. Are people kind of nervous around you afterwards? Are they like don't want to bring that up? Are they kind of scared to talk to you? No, they're not. See, I, I messed up, and I've always been pretty good-natured and put up a good vibe, so people are not sufficiently intimidated by me. Uh, what people don't know is that I'm actually still crazy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm as bipolar as they come, you know? So so uh, you, you people are, are absolutely not uh, afraid, intimidated. And people ask really stupid things. I think Chris Liebman sums it up the best. You know, the worst thing about losing is when the guy at Starbucks tells you what you did wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could, I could only imagine, man. It's like kind of comedy the same way you have a bad set. People want to tell you what was funny or who their favorite comic is or shit like that, but it's not yeah, as... Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know what? I like that joke, too. And I've got a horrible story. First time I ever saw Joe Rogan. Didn't know him at all. This is back early 2005. I saw him at maybe a comedy store or something. I was doing a, a trip, and the UFC kind of took me to the show as a... Thing. I didn't even like stand-up comedy that much. And, uh, you know, I did what I'm sure you get it a lot. After a set, he's exhausted, sweating, just sitting there, like, drinking behind again, like, I got to tell he, he, but I had to. And I started telling him jokes. And he's just looking at me, like, trying to be affable, like, as I, as I throw, like, joke after joke on him, hey, you could use that if you want. That's good, right? Right, right? And he's just, like, exhausted, like, please, stop. That happens to me. I just wait for the pause yeah. where I think I'm supposed to laugh. I just tune out the whole joke and just laugh at, at like the pause when I think people the, like the joke yeah. is done. But you I, did try stand up comedy a couple times, right? Yeah, yeah, I've done it. I've done it uh, a couple times here and there. You know, me and Stephen did a thing together. It's pretty, uh, pretty funny actually. I was that first time I met you. You actually had blocked me on Twitter, and uh, you told you, you told my boss that you were going to punch me when you saw me. And then I heard you were coming to my I show. Don't know, who's, your, who's your boss? Well, it was, how did you even hear I was coming to your show? Uh, 
It was it was this guy DJ Shrope over at Fox Sports. He said they like yo Forrest hates you. He said he's gonna punch you if he sees you, which is I'm like fucking great. That's that's all, what you want is the former light heavyweight champion of the world wanted to punch you. Yeah. And then I had heard you're coming to show up Matt Hughes, and then if I sucked, you guys yeah. were, you guys were gonna heckle me. So uh, <laughs> you guys are in the crowd. And the whole time I'm looking at you and some of the people weren't laughing and you were dying laughing. And I was like, I think it was, honest, it was, was good. And I was, I was actually surprised. I was like, Oh yeah. So I knew you had like the MMA humor, but a lot of the, you know, other humor was really good too. Oh, uh, thanks. So I was, I was in the front. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Trust me, if I could insult you, I would insult you. I would prefer to insult you over compliment you, but you actually did keep it just, so I'll compliment you. Uh, well, thank you, man. That was, one, that was one of the highlights of my whole career was making you and Matt Hughes laugh, especially you. Matt, 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 Matt's kind of off. Um, now, um... <laughs> he was laughing, too. He just doesn't have that, like, loud hyena laugh like I did. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. It was honestly, I was, I was thrilled. Now, you uh, used to be a cop. Uh, you were a cop in Georgia. Cops are getting a lot of flack. I always wanted to know your opinion on whether or not you think cops are getting too much flack, or do you think it's unjustified, or do, what kind? Did you know any crooked, dirty cops back in the day? Tell us about cops. Oh yeah. So two guys I worked with, two buddies of mine that I also went to high school with, just got arrested uh, for the Columbia County Sheriff's Department for uh, stealing stuff out of the victims of car accidents, cars. Like when they were transported to the hospital. They would just rifle through the car and wow. take what they take what they wanted. And before that, the uh, Richmond County Sheriff's Department, where I worked, had like a, a big drug thing. But but uh, you know the thing is, is like back back country Georgia, you thought you could get away with stuff, but uh, the phone camera has changed law enforcement, and and probably for the better. The unfortunate thing about being a police officer is every time you deal with somebody. They want to push your buttons. You were dealing with them on the worst day of their life. Their stuff just got stolen. They were just assaulted. Where were you? You know, and, and, and I would try and be nice. And this guy's like, you know, I, I, on my best day, like new, fresh in, this guy's like, yeah, my TV got stolen, my trailer, where were you? I was like, honestly, sir, I was home in bed last night, but I'm going to do this report for you. I'm going to put in so maybe there'll be more patrols in this area. During the time we think this occurred, you know, I'm going to do everything proactive. You can collect insurance. And he's like, man, you just came in my trailer. I had they stole my 40 inch TV off the wall. You think I got insurance up in the trailer, man? What are you talking about? I was like, yeah. He's like, I've been telling this crime I hit for years. They didn't send nobody out until I called. I was like, yeah, about that. Uh, you should live in a like, more affluent neighborhood. Right. Right, right, right. What did you you think of the cop that uh, was pulled over John Jones recently, Officer Brown? Did you think he was in the right, or do you think Jones was in the right? I I never listened to it. Oh, okay. You should listen to it. I'd love to hear your opinion on it. Uh, So here's the thing. Yeah, stuff like that just irritates me, that that kind of confrontation. Like, I, I I don't like watching cops either. You know, it's like, ah, calm down. And then I hate that when the cop wants to give you a life lesson. Like, come on, man. Write me a ticket or don't write me a ticket. Don't, don't. I mean, this isn't like, you know, after school movie time. Come on. <laughs> Did anybody ever attack you or you had to use some of your MMA when you were a cop? I, well, I threw the best high kick I've ever thrown when I was a police officer. <laughs> wow. Wow. How? What happened? This guy was running at me and I was running at him and I just stepped off, threw a high kick 
And it, I mean, it's the coolest thing because he was still like running in the air as he turned a complete circle <laughs> and landed on his head. His feet were still like in the motion of running. And then so like I take him and his brother comes and is like, hey, did you know that guy was a track star? And I said, well, he wasn't much of a fucking hurdler. I can tell you that. <laughs> I don't know what it was he competed in, but he couldn't jump over him. I'm like, shit. Adam, and I felt um, Forrest kicks before because I sparred with him before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, unbelievable. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, you, I can't imagine. Now, your fight against Rampage. Speaking of kicks, was that your game plan? Kind of just chop him down and, and like, and uh, Tilly goes down. You know, it, it was and kind of, yeah. You know, the big thing about that. And so I never used like you know how everybody rolls out now on the on the foam rollers. Yeah. Well, I never used one before. And I was like, oh, this feels good, pretty good. And I, like, relaxed on it. This is like, two days before the fight, I'm doing, like, rehab, rehab type stuff. And I tweaked my back, and my left leg was going numb. So I was just, like, terrified that, like, I, you know, I'd be, like, limited. And so I just was like, all right, I'll just throw the right kick. I'll just throw the right kick. My left leg really hurt. But, like, you know, if I would lift it past my hip, it would, you know, it, it would just be, like, would go numb and start tingling. Oh, man. So, uh... And then, but you notice, like he actually did a good job after that second round. Of if I threw a low kick, he threw a bomb. And I, you notice, I backed off those low kicks after the third round. You know, I tried in the third round, and he quit me a couple times. And I was like, okay, new strategy. We'll jab. Right now, that was that was a great fight. The, the first fight against Shogun, uh, no one had you beating Shogun. I mean, everyone, yeah. you, you were a huge underdog. Did you feel- it was really nice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you feel the pressure that it was like a UFC versus Pride thing? Uh, you know, a little bit. But, but for me, it was because nobody gave me a chance. It was kind of an easy fight. You know, I was like, all right, well, I mean, as long as I just don't get totally my ass whooped out, consider this a win. <laughs> that's, a pre- that's pretty amazing. Your first fight was against Dan Severn. I watched it last night. Which is crazy. That, that was you're... my fifth fight, by the way. Oh, that was your fifth fight. It has it, 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 yeah. it has it has it as your first fight on on Wikipedia for some reason. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, you just said Wikipedia. Come on, man. <laughs> very, Come on. Very Wikipedia, good. really? Very, very good point. Very good point. Uh, now, Dan Severin, he just held you down. He wrestled you and held you down. But how frustrating was that for you? And why would well, you take I, that I, fight I, so I, early? I was being a bitch, and, you know, I never cared. I'd fight anybody. And honestly, I was, I, I kind of started to try and get up, and he, he elbowed me and he hit me pretty good. And if you, if you watch, he does like a jump lunging headbutt, not like where he pulls his head back, where he dives in and headbutts you. I was like, wait, is this legal? <laughs> and uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome technique on his part. But so almost like I was really a bitch, and I just kind of sat there in guard. Because when I tried to scramble or do anything, he'd hit me in the face. So I got so frustrated at one point, and you probably heard this, I just started talking shit to him. Then, like, you know you look like a fast Freddy Mercury, right? <laughs> I hope my FBA. You know, and then, I, and then I was like, you know, I got to be honest. I'm Magnum P.I. You look a lot thinner. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, you got the mustache to do porn, but from what I'm seeing in the speedos, you probably just don't want to shave that. Oh, man. <laughs> that is so like, really, funny. I was, 
a man that age should not wear speedos. It's just, I mean, we're not, we're not in Europe. This, this is not acceptable. That's amazing. That's amazing. Forrest, you know um, Campbell McLaren, the CEO of Combate Americas? He told me to ask you about yeah, yeah. in regards to that because he said that you didn't want to fight in the original UFC because of that, because of the Speedos, because you wanted to fight on man shorts. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was, it was, well, I mean, you know, yeah, that was, that was like actually a barrier. I was like, what are these guys wearing with these underwear? And they're <laughs> grabbing the underwear. This is crazy. I was like, we can't be, we can't be, uh, I don't want, you know, I, honestly, I never wrestled, so I, I was really a little phobic about rolling around with other dudes without clothes on. They're actually making it now. Now, I've, yeah, they're actually, now I've completely accepted that. <laughs> Normal, natural, healthy. Now you had a fight with the competition. The Greeks did it. They weren't all gay. Yeah, not all gay. Uh-oh. Just, just, just half. Uh, now, yeah, pretty gay. Pretty gay. Now your fight with uh, Edson uh, Paradio. You broke your arm, but kept going. Did you know your well, arm? He broke my arm. Well, he broke your <laughs> he arm. Broke my arm. Did you know? Did you know your arm was broken when during the fight, or, or just like was it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I didn't really know what was going on. I just knew like, it felt like I got electrocuted, like in my arm, like, ow, you know what? But then it went away. And yeah, I kind of moved a step back. And you can, like, knowing that it happens, you can see when it happens. Uh, I reached down to block a low kick. You don't do that. You don't do that. You never reach down to block kick. Um, and then uh, I punched him, and I saw the bone go womp, 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 like flop out like a cartoon. I was like, oh, yeah, that's broken. Wow. And so it was, those were pride rules. So it was a 10-minute first round. And, like, in my head, I had already decided that if we did the full 10 minutes, because that was like two minutes in, I was like, all right, if we go through in eight minutes, I ain't coming out for the second round. You know, once a, so I already decided. So I ended up clipping him and... and It's a funny knockout because the fight before, I knocked Travis Fulton out, like out. He's out cold. And then I ran over and hit him, and he woke back up. And I was like, oh, shit. So after I knocked this guy out, I just went over and, like, said, tapping him on the shoulder. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't want to wake him up. He's sleeping until the ref, like, ran over and grabbed me. That's amazing, wow. man. I mean, it's such a... It, it's such just a... funny that, like, that's what I remember. Like, I remember thinking that. Like, I remember trying to go on shale sign and being like, oh, oh, you're going to hurt your foot. You're, you're on your foot, not your ankle. You're, you're... And I was like, what are you thinking, boys? Just break your foot. Go. You got this. And I actually did really hurt my foot. Did you, uh, did you know that Chael would one day be as good as he was when you beat him? No, I had no idea. I mean, I knew he was pretty good then, you know? Maybe not at that weight class, but he was pretty good. Who's a guy that you're just like, you can't believe they kind of blossomed? And who's a guy that you thought was going to be a lot better than they end up doing? Man, there's a lot. I don't even want to name names on the gym warriors. There's a lot of guys that I really would be like, oh, this guy's going to get out there and crush somebody. And then you watch them and they don't crush anything. Uh, and then, you know, there's guys that you kind of move around in the gym and then you see them fight and you're like, oh, my God. You know, you know, it's like uh, sex. The gym is, you know, and that uh, well, it's very dirty and disgusting, much like sex. <laughs> you don't, you don't talk about it. Gentlemen, uh, gentlemen never tell. You know, so I'm, I'm a big believer in that. You know, like so and so knocked out so and so in the gym. Well, I mean, somebody's got a big mouth. Is what's happening. <laughs> 
Right. You right. know, like he and Vandal would beat the crap out of each other, but it was on a closed door. You know, nobody said a thing. And, and I, I like that. You know, that's the way it should be. Now, uh, uh, I was going to say, now, your wars with Tito were pretty legendary. But uh, I think the reason you blocked me was because uh, the, the the fight against Tito, when you ran out after the interview, well, before the fight was announced, I said you were on bath salts. And then you came back. Um, now, are you and Tito cool? Are you guys, did you guys squash? Uh, Is there any beef? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I don't know what, uh, I, I mean, I don't know what to make of the guy, honestly. You know, I don't, I don't have any personal, you know, in the end, I'll, I'll put it like this and be diplomatic. In the end, he's still fighting, and I'm not, so he kind of won, you know? Really? Um, he just very, you know, he doesn't really see beyond himself, and he doesn't care to, and that that's fine. Um, he was a very good, uh, he was a good foil for me, you know, because we're very different. I'm very common, never ordinary. He's very much wants to be the superstar. So, you know, it was a good, you know, kind of matchup as far as that. Yeah, no, I mean, there were, there, were, there were some great fights. So, I mean, you you had some legendary wars with Tito. Uh, now, your fights with, uh, now, watching a guy like Rashad Evans last week, do you think it's, t- and, like, and like what you what you were saying before of guys when they they have to know when it's time to quit, do you think Rashad should stop? No, here's the deal. No, no, here's the deal with that. Rashad was supposed, supposed to fight Shogun, and I still think that's a good matchup for him. This was never a good matchup. This is a bad matchup for him, you know? And he took it. He didn't, he didn't gripe about it. The guy he wanted to fight got hurt. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Rashad's done unless he wants to be done, you know? He's, uh, uh, he's still one of the better guys in there. His problem has been, you know, he, he hurt his knee and he was very inactive for a long time. So I'm not never. I never want to make a decision for anybody. That's why when we talk about the Cleveland and Clarence, I would like there to be, you know, protocols, tests, and standards to tell you. Like, medically, these are empirical numbers. This is what's wrong. Stop now. As opposed to, eh, maybe, uh, you know, I think Randy was done several times. He wasn't done. Yeah, no, I, I just, I just, it's hard to watch because I'm a huge Rashad fan. It just I don't want to see him get knocked out like that. I think and it, you know two losses in a row. But you're right. I think if you match up certain guys, like I like what they're doing now with Diego Sanchez, where they had him against Jim Miller, and now he's fighting uh, yeah. Joe Lozon. Some of the, like like those right. kind of yeah. matchups, I think, make sense. You get guys that are sort of veterans Absolutely. or names, you know, but you're not putting them against straight murderers that are in their prime. Uh, uh, that being said. Uh, are you going to go to the John Jones OSP fight this week? Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be there. What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I think OSP could use a little more time, but he's got, he's got all the talent in the world. He's got potential. He still needs to, you know, sharpen it up a little more. I was talking to Phil Davis, and he thinks that OSP's got a better shot because he's, that people are giving him credit because he's so unconventional. He's a guy that throws punches yeah, from really weird angles, yeah. hard to train for, and he might do something crazy, yeah. but actually might stun Jones. He's, he's not a very conventional, by-the-books kind of fighter. No, but I've never seen Jones get knocked out by one shot, and you got to figure if Jones wants, Jones can put him on his back. Right, right. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, I'll tell you one thing. I think I got Cejudo over, uh, over DJ this weekend. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. 
I think the kid's a winner, Olympic gold medalist. Uh, thoughts on that fight? Uh, thoughts on, uh, man, I, you know, I don't know. I just watched their uh, little back and forth this morning, you know, the, the countdown, whatever it is. And uh, I, I think Cejudo might be a little better than I think he is. However, I haven't seen a performance from him in the UFC that shows me he's going to be DJ. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. yes I've yes. never seen the fight. He, he, he's looked good against mediocre guys, if I'm being fair. Right. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's right. Uh, CB, any questions for Forrest? Now, uh, now our intern, CB, uh, he said he used to train over at your gym. Uh, the thing that you told him, the first thing you said was you need to invest in tattoo removal. Because he's got uh, tons of tattoos. Yeah, this was also... Uh... No, that's wrong. That, that's wrong because... Because now people know he's a fighter. Oh, CB? Is that, is that true? <laughs> well, well now... now people know. Like, when he walks in the room, people are like, well, this guy's obviously tough. I mean, yeah. he wouldn't have gotten all those tattoos if he weren't really tough. No. Uh, I had so many less when I first... This was 2011 when I started Extreme Couture. And, uh, yeah, I, I had, uh, bleach blonde hair just like I did a few weeks ago. And Forrest, I, I wanted to meet him. It was the first time I'd ever met him. I'm a huge fan, still a huge fan. Every time he sees me, he gives me some form of like joking around with me, whatever. But Forrest, you know, I, I got nothing but respect for you. And we had a lot of fun in that gym. I actually, uh, I went to syndicate uh, a couple months ago just to say hello to Roxanne Waterfair. You were teaching a jujitsu class. Uh, I left before you. We're done, but I did want to say hello, so I'm glad we got you on here, uh, just so I could say hello again. I haven't seen you in a couple nice. years. Well, I mean, it was good to talk to you. Then. I mean, if you're <laughs> going to be all sincere about it, geez. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bust balls, and you're all sincere. Jeez, yeah. guy. Yeah. Hey, Adam, I think I'm going to create a new account now because of Forrest. What's that? I'm going to start a tip of fighter. Oh, tip so of I fighter? I gather some funds and then kind of afford to have Forrest go do a seminar in Guatemala. Yeah, in Guatemala. Yeah. Forrest, have you, you ever been to Guatemala? All right, man. Well, I'm going to jump off here and go to actual work. <laughs> well, listen, Forrest, it was an honor to have you on the podcast, right. man. You're, you're, right, you're a legend. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm in town this weekend if you want to meet up. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you. you, Forrest. All right. That was Forrest Griffin, a legendary fighter. Badass. Yeah. He's, he's so funny. He's always just... Joking around, he's he he got he got so jokingly pissed off when you were like, "What do you think is your worst fight?" And then you're like, "Well, now that you brought it up, let yeah. me ask you about the Anderson Silva fight." Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, he's yeah, I mean, he, but I, I don't know, maybe he would have said the Shogun two fight. I mean, there were a couple fights that like he wishes he could have had back, you know. Um, sometimes you know a fight like the Rashad fight where he he was winning that fight could that could, that could have been the answer. Uh, you know, he's had so many great fights. Well, I, I mean, every one of his fights. In one way or another. I don't think he's ever had, like, a bad fight. He's had fights where he didn't look that good or, like he said, against Anderson. You know, he was doing some different stuff. I just remember when he got the Shogun fight the first time and everybody was calling Dana, like, what did he do to you that you're putting him up as a sacrifice? Yeah. And But his his career, is, he's a storied career, Hall of Famer. And, and he talks about, you know, he lost to Tito because Tito's still fighting. Well, Forrest is in the Hall of Fame, and Dana in the UFC.com does not recognize that Tito's yeah, but, in the Hall but of Tito Fame. Yeah, but Tito should be in the Hall of Fame. That's not a really well, good Well, he argument. is in the Hall of Fame, but I, I, I don't know. I just... Uh, no, I mean, I don't think the person... Look, in that, in that situation, 
you know, Shannon Rich is the best fighter of all time. If you're going to say, and, and, and like wh- whoever's fighting the longest, I mean, it, it, or the wins, oldest, or, or, yeah. like, or like the oldest wins. Like I, that sixty-year-old woman that yeah, was fighting. Yeah, the I think there's CEO. something to be said. Nothing, and I'm not putting down Shannon Rich for having him on the podcast Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying he's had he's had night. I mean, Jeremy Horn would be considered the greatest fighter of all time. Dan Severn, still a great fighter. But I, I don't think that because if you're still fighting versus no. the guy who's not still fighting, you've won. I understand that mentality, but that's not really a situation where I would say you've won. I think sometimes there's something to be said about going out on top. Are also just going out when you're supposed to go out. I mean, there are a lot of guys that can keep going, and I think a lot of guys. That's when you do get brain damage, or that's when you do get really hurt when you fight way past your prime. And and you know, look, I, Gina Carano. Look, she 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 had a, a good career. And now she's a freaking movie star. Uh, there are plenty of guys out there that that you know stop fighting at a certain age, and now they're you know. What are you laughing at? No, I just, you just oh, I'm looking at your baby. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I didn't, I didn't even know that. I was like, what's that thing moving next to me? So, yeah. Uh, now, Rudy, I'll get back to you. Okay. So, I just want to say real quick that what called my attention before is, is how he mentioned about the Cleveland Clinic and the study that they're doing. Yes. Because, I mean, some fighters don't know when to stop. Yeah. And you my, see them and they're like, who is this guy? Yeah, yeah. Jens Pulver is a prime example, I think, of somebody who should not be fighting anymore. And I love Jens Pulver. But, you know, when you get guys who have names and they need to make some extra cash. Right. And then it's, but then you're, you know, what are we doing here? Uh, And who was this really benefiting? I had a conversation with somebody the other day about that. I think it was with my girl. And it was like, you know, they keep fighting because they don't, once you're done fighting, there's no like organization or anything that's going to take care of you afterwards. And these guys don't think about the like, I'm sure they think about the long term effects, but at the same time, you got to feed your family, you got to take care of people. And then you get these long term sustained injuries. You got a guy like Gary Goodridge who has CT and brain trauma. Unfortunately, rest in peace, Kevin Randleman, who, you know, just got sick and you, you never know what's going to happen. And it's a really sad thing. It, at some point, somebody somewhere has to say there needs to be an organization or an association that starts, you know, at least pocket away almost like a pension yeah. or, or, or right. some things for when they're done, they can at least feed their family. They don't have to go until they're whatever, you know, 53 years old, like Ken Shamrock getting knocked out every, and that's the, the thing. It's like, and that's the problem. I think a lot of these guys, you know, like a Kevin Randleman who, who, you know, rest in peace, you know, lost seven of his last eight fights or, uh, and I think you do in some ways tarnish your legacy a little bit. Ken Shamrock, great example, because, you know, losing one or two fights and then calling it a career is, I think, a lot better than losing eight or nine fights. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and I'm not trying to put these guys down. I, I understand it. But, you know, you're not beating Kevin Randleman that fought Crow Cop the first no, time. No, of course. That's you're, no, the thing. you're not beating the Kevin Randleman that, that went in there and, and beat these guys. You're beating a, a shell of a guy. You're making a name. But yeah. really, so what? Rudy, yes, back sir. to you. Yeah. Uh, so you fought in Bellator. Yes. Uh, you won in Bellator. Yes. He beat a former training partner of mine, Jimmy Jones. He beat Jimmy Jones. Jones. Yeah. Why did you Which meet- everybody thought that Jimmy Jones was just going to walk all over me. And that's well, me. That's real talk. He, he's a, of his he was a talented kid in the, in the, in the yeah. gym. Why don't you get over here so we can be on the camera? Um, yeah. why, now, why did you leave Bellator? Well, the thing is that at that time, you know, I had previously signed with World Series of Fighting. Yeah. And um, that didn't fall through. So um, it was a one-fight contract with them. And then, sure enough, um, the week after, that's when Bellator, on an 18-hour notice, calls me. 
And actually, while well, I was working my shift as a food server, and I get like 36 text messages, and they're like, Bellator wants you. And I thought they were playing a joke on me. So sure enough, they're like, yeah, when, when am I fighting for Bellator? He's like, next week, next month. They're like, nah, tomorrow. We're leaving, you know, we got to take a plane. We got to be there in three hours. So it was kind of a tough decision. At that time, when I took the when I said yes, I did not know that it was going to be Jimmy Jones. Right. Who was my, the week before was going to be my, my previous opponent. So yeah, I seen Jimmy at the airport. And um, I looked at him and I smiled. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, yeah, well, I guess I'm going to end up fighting you. I was like, wow. Hmm. So I smiled. And from that moment on, I knew that that, that fight was mine. Right. You want to know why? Why? I don't want to put him on the bus because I seen him drinking the weekend before. Okay. He got super hammered. So psychologically on my head, I was like, my cardio is much better. So I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to be able to like push the pace and then you know take the fight. But why didn't you stay in Bellator? Um, because World Series of Fighting offered me the same contract as Bellator, and they kind of like told me that you know I'm a Las Vegas local now, so they do shows in Vegas which Bellator doesn't. Now the fight I saw in World Series, you fought a, a good guy, yeah, uh, Hanson, right? Uh, who, who, who did you fight? Uh, Branson Hanson. Branson Hanson. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a great fighter. You were bleeding. <laughs> like I have never seen you must have lost a pint of blood in yeah, that fight. Yeah, I mean you yeah. your 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 whole face is yeah. covered blood everywhere. It's on TV and you're looking at the camera and you said like hi mom or something. Yeah, like, yeah. I gave the thumbs up to my mom. Well I told my mom that, you know, <laughs> if anything were to happen in the fight that I'll make sure that she knows that I was okay. That's why you yeah. did that? Yeah, that's what I did. The thing is I was sitting down and I was just like he's just laying on me. Which much respect to him. Everybody wants to win. But um just like Forrest, you know, sometimes we gotta go through. So I knew that my kneecap got cut in half or half fracture in half or whatever. So I knew that it was hurting. But because I fight for most for something more than just me, that's why I needed to keep going. So I told myself, because he fractured my kneecap 25 seconds into the fight. Right. And then he takes me down and he cut me right away with two elbows, which made a gush on my, you know, behind my eyebrow. And like you said, it was blood all over. I mean, it got to the point that I was more worried about the blood of me seeing than the punches that he was hitting me. You know, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fighter with heart, you know what I mean? So, but even though with that, you know, into the day I die, I would love the rematch. And I couldn't believe that he couldn't finish me. You know, I was on one leg. Yeah, you were and if you tall. saw the fight, I did a, a karate kid, you know, you did, the third flying round. knee. Yeah, on the third round. And they landed. But sure enough, I didn't land f- flush on the jaw. No, you so were totally talking shit on Twitter after the fight. Yeah. And I was like, dude. No offense, and, and then his family, he's all the all the Hawaiian community got yeah, against the me. Got What's his name? Um, uh, Tavares. Brad Tavares. They yeah. all got mad at you. Yeah, uh, I called him out. I told Brad, I was like, "Yeah, come meet me at Syndicate, and we can handle it." But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, but he doesn't know that it's not the cage no more. You know, I would have my machete or something. You know, right there uh, with me. Really? So. Yeah, absolutely. Why would you want a machete? Well, look. Have you seen Tavares? How big? He is? Yeah, yeah, but you yeah, don't want to go to yeah. jail for, for nah, murder. No, 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 no. Because you know, it would have been like a scream. I kind of match. You know, like would have. been like point fighting with a machete yeah absolutely <laughs> you, you never seen machete that? kills yeah <laughs> no listen okay Rudy first of all no more machetes <laughs> yeah, right? no. uh, you're, you're a professional athlete absolutely professional but we, 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 we made good so now Tobias okay friend, but yeah. even if someone follow me on Twitter he don't block me just have your lawyers talk to his lawyers absolutely but even if someone wants to fight you in syndicate 
Let's put keep the machetes away. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we don't. We, we you, got, you have a you have five kids. Yeah, all right. You have five <laughs> kids to worry about. You have a yeah. family. You got a thing. Well, as a matter of fact, he was the one who called me out. He told me he's like, "Well, don't be afraid when I see a syndicate." But that's on the past. It is what it is. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, now they were probably on the TRT or something. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did your mom say to you when you after the fight? You said hi, mom. She, um, she just asked me, you know, how how much longer are you keeping on doing this? Is it really worth it? And what people don't know is that, you know, I'm, I want to create a, a legacy because as you may know, I, I am the only one in history from 17 million Guatemalans in the world that has done, has had the honor or earned the spot of winning a fight in Bellator, fighting a World Series of Fighting. And now I'm signed with Combate Americas. So, you know, that's, I, I take pride on that. Is, right. Because that- a lot of people, I got not thousands, but I got millions of people who eventually, you know, when my name is mentioned about MMA in Guatemala, they're going to be like, oh, Rudy Morales. Because there's nobody else that does what I do. Is that what you earlier you mentioned that you fight for something greater than yourself? Is that what you're saying for your country or for your family or what, what's You know, a, the lot, of, a lot of the fighters, you know, they say, oh, yeah, for this is for my family. This is for that. You know, because of the fight game, you know, I even sacrifice quality time with my with my family you know um maybe i could have done something else you know to be a little bit more financially stable but um i'm the only one of my kind you know what i mean i'm the only one from my hometown that that, that is doing what i'm doing mm-hmm. so i want to open up the uh the borders for other you know guatemalan martial artists to to follow my footsteps and now, to be like you know like create like a like the gracie family legacy you know what i mean but the ruthless morales legacy the morales family yes yeah. now now <laughs> what is combate americas and where can people watch this all right so combate americas you guys can watch it on nbc universal and it starts um live tomorrow at the exchange la and they're doing something you know like very tomorrow unique. yeah yeah oh i'm sorry to well, actually, tonight. Today's the 18th. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, so it starts tonight at the Exchange LA. And it's going to be broadcasted live on UFC Fight Pass. Yes. So they landed that deal. And then also on NBC Universal. Now, so they're doing it back to back. So we have, I'm fighting on the 25th on the same venue. And then they're having another one. And then so it's every, every, every Monday. Monday. Every Monday from, from 2 to Can 9. I, now, I, I think we should go. You want to go Monday? Watch him fight? This coming Monday? Yeah, yeah. a week from t- today. Uh... Yeah, I think I'm in town. Let's do it. You want to go to so, Combate Americas at America, the exchange? Yeah. Hey, but I mean, I, I think that what Combate Americas is doing is very unique, bro. I mean, Campbell McLaren, I don't know if you know yeah, who he is. Yeah, Campbell was one of the original founders of the UFC. Founders, UFC yeah. So he's giving an opportunity. He's seeing that the market is growing and more Latino fans are going from boxing to mixed martial arts. So they're starting to follow in it. And he wants to showcase us. And that's one of the reasons why he's giving me that opportunity. You know, he was very happy. You know, he he he, he told me to invite you, so he's gonna get you I'm VIP excited. passes and Latino models to be by your side and everything. <laughs> he's like, tell Adam to come. You know, my guest. But um, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you got a supermodel girl. That's okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Miss, that, 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 that was me saying that. Yeah. What do you What do you think is different or unique about this promotion that's going to kind of set it apart from some of the other promotions? Out there? You know what? It's the first um, Hispanic American promotion mm-hmm. that is actually going to cater to the Hispanic American talent. And, um, you know, so far they're doing a great job. And, you know, the media, Spanish media, they're loving it. They're getting behind it. Now, is the crowd going to be all everyone's kids? (laughs) (laughs) It took me a minute to catch that one. No, 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 it's going to be great. Now, now you're fighting a guy. You're three and three now. You lost your last fight for Combates. What happened in that fight? Um, I took it on, you know, that was my comeback fight after the injury. So 10 months without training. And I took it on a nine-day notice. Okay. So, but if you watch the fight, and yes. this is for everybody who doesn't know who Ruthless Rumorales is, 
I was beating them. Right. So right now, I, I, I fight on the 25th at the Exchange LA for Combate Americas. By me winning that fight, they're going to create like a whole story because I want to fight that kid again. Okay, uh, so what Eric happened? Sanchez. So you were beating the kid in the first round? First and second. Okay. Because, I mean, he did take me down because yeah. all they want to do is dry hump me, you know, yeah. take me down, hold me down. They don't really submit me. So I got, um, I was like, man, I could actually do this. I, I came into the second round. I was like, I'm going to knock him out. Yeah. But next thing you know, because of 10 months of our training, <laughs> my whole body just shut down. And I was like, what do I do? And I couldn't barely tap. So I just had to keep on going. He took me down, got my back, and got so, my first, the first time ever that I'd been submitted. So so this fight, you have a, a, good, a good camp? You're, are, you, are, you, are you? Is it not nine days notice? How? No, this was a nine-week camp. Nine-week so camp? there's no excuses. Okay. Yeah. Who were who some of your training partners for this fight? Um, for my camp. Uh, Kevin Lee, who's Kevin been Lee, a, um, Jimmy Spicuza, uh, Robert Drysdale's, Marcelo Nunez. He's fighting for the legacy. Um, he's fighting Lovato for the legacy um, okay. title. Yeah, good training partners. Yeah, absolutely. Good, tra- good coaches. Good um, coaches. James Deval, you know, um, Eddie Barraco. All right. You know, he's a Muay Thai coach. Yeah. And, and how's the, uh, the weight? Um, I'm only about 11 pounds away. 11 pounds yeah, so in one off. week. One week. Okay. And now yeah. are you getting... So Mike Dolce kind of helped me too. Mike good. Dolce, he got my, my, my diet plan and everything. The three weeks to shred it. Nice. You got to put the plug out there. He helps out. Now you got five kids. Are they keeping you up at night? Um, that's being handled. You know, like I said, the, their mother is an amazing. You know, every she puts a schedule and everything. Even though she's not my my woman anymore, but she helps. And me how out. old are these kids? Um, my youngest is gonna be four. Okay. And then all the way to my oldest is gonna 40? be twelve. No, not forty. Oh, oh, wait, <laughs> wait, how old is your oldest? It's gonna be twelve. Twelve. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Now, are they? Do, 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 are they watch your fights? These kids? Yeah, they do. I mean, um. I used to t- take them a lot, but after the, all the blood and everything, you know, I kind of like, I put them at the front and I was like, ah. And the thing is that I'm, I'm aware of everything. The thing with me, Adam, I'm aware of everything that's going around. So I'll look at them and they could see daddy bleeding and they're like, my daughter, especially my daughters were like, daddy, we don't, we don't want to see you like that. Yeah. So I kind of respect that, you know? That's good. Yeah. So now you have, I know I'm friends with Heather Joe Clark. She's a really good friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. I love Heather. Right, right, right. Now you and her have matching tattoos. Uh, what happened there? Well, that has nothing to do with anything romantic oh, okay. or anything like that. It's more like, um, you know, when I met Heather, um, the UFC didn't have the weight class. And I created a model called Believe to Believe. And, you know, she came from New Mexico to train a syndicate. So I started kind of like, I'm very spiritual and I believe in energy. So I started talking to her a little bit more and explaining to her the model Believe to Believe. And she believed on it so much that it motivated her that she asked me very respectfully if she was able to actually represent and get the same tattoo. Well, she has so great, she has really proud. good taste in men. In fact, yeah. her ex-husband got arrested for pistol whipping a guy over the weekend. Oh, uh, really? Diego oh, wow. Brandau yeah. uh, got arrested for, uh, at a strip club. Uh, for pistol whipping a guy, a bouncer, and I guess uh, the gun wasn't Reebok, so he's fine from the UFC. No, uh, he. Um, <laughs> That's the same guy that told Dustin Poirier he was going to stab him with a pen at the weigh-ins. Yeah, this dude. Uh, look, there are certain people that like, you know, I don't know. You, you start bringing guns to strip clubs, and you're a professional yeah. athlete. I understand. It's not just UFC. It happens right. in football, basketball, baseball. I mean, I'm sure soccer players have had yeah. some issues. But what are you guys doing? You, you've won the lottery. You're in the highest promotion. You've got everything going for you. You're being paid to do what you love. As a comedian, okay, I've been doing this for 17 years, and I make a living as a comic. 
And people say, oh, I want to be a comic. I say, good fucking luck, okay? <laughs> because you are going to have to go and have the hardest life just because anytime you get paid, do the, the world, I feel like, doesn't want to pay people to do what they love because people yeah. need it. A lot of jobs out there people need to do. So if you actually get paid, do what you love, don't fuck it up. But I, I feel like there's there's a lot of different directions. Obviously, you can go, but some of these guys come up hard. I mean, they have a hard life, and they even with success, they can't shake that upbringing. Um, and then you have guys that uh, get out of a hard life, and that's an inspiration for them to do their best and be their best. Were you yeah. ever in a gang? Um, or? I was never in a gang, but I mean, when I lived in South Central LA and uh, I mean East LA, I had to. I had no other choice that to hang around with individuals because i didn't have no family i was so young and because i knew karate and i know how to head kick people they'll be like oh bring the little homie you know he's good and he'll <laughs> try to take care of you yeah but i i got to experience that life but i knew that that was not what i was raised to, to be you know yeah. uh, and then it was not good for me so i kind of despite that but i see how people you know when they now they get a little bit more success they want to feel like a thug because that's what females you know feel attracted to they want to feel like the alpha male but yeah but i i, I don't like that lifestyle but going back to her okay she told me this hurricane heather joe clark yes. all right because if i say heather hurricane she gets pissed off all right you yeah. know i feel so proud you know that she took the believe to believe model to the ufc and um you know that's something that at least for me and then other other fighters that i know now they got believe to believe tattoo she's a, so, she's a great yeah. chick i love yeah. her uh by the way so let's talk about the fights over the weekend um so after uh glover uh beat rashad evans he called out rumble johnson which you got to give the guy balls. I mean, credit for having balls. I mean, anyone, that's be the last guy I, I would ever call out in, in anything except for maybe a, a, a food eating contest. But, but seriously. Yoga uh, mat contest? What? Yoga mat contest? A yoga, I mean, seriously. Uh, Anthony Johnson is such a beast. However, I don't think Glover's ever been stopped. Uh, and I talked to Phil Davis actually before the fight. I go, who's going to win? He goes, I don't know. Because he, 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 he fought both of them. He said Rashad sometimes yeah. could get a little bit stubborn. And try to fight his fight and not go for his wrestling, which we saw what happened. I would love to see that fight. At the same time, I still want to see I Anthony Johnson wait for the winner of Jones Cormier. It's because, too long, but I, that's probably too long. That's way too long. Too long on the shelf. Uh, I think Rumble beats Glover. Oh yeah. I don't know though. I mean, cause if he's never been stopped, this guy's got a chin of steel. Yeah, he's a he, tough dude, man. If it's a five round fight, could Glover weather the storm? And sort of gas Johnson out. I don't know. I would love to see it though. That fight. I mean, Glover. Talk about a resurgence. He's having this like almost Robbie Lawler type resurgence where he's just running through people right now. Uh, I did not see that fight, Rashad fight going that way. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't here. Obviously, I don't know. You guys probably did predictions and stuff last yeah. week, but I was hanging over the weekend. I texted you. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I was talking with a buddy, and he said, "Who? Who do you think gets it?" And uh, I picked Glover. Man, he's he's just a tough dude, and I know he's got bombs and. And I think Rashad's got better movement, uh, but you know he's had his lights put out a few times. Um, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was my pick, man. So I wasn't surprised. It, you know, it was interesting. Um, I figured Glover definitely could knock him out. I figured Rashad would go for wrestling. One of the things I did watch was there was a post-fight interview backstage with Rashad, and he was crying, oh. and he said, "You know, this used to be so much easier." Uh, this whole fighting thing, and and it was kind of like somewhat indicative of like maybe this sport has passed me up. He's been around, he's been out a long time. The thing about Glover, one of the things most people don't know, he was supposed to be in the UFC five years before. Yeah, no, and he couldn't get a, vi a visa to come over, and that didn't help. 
Um, in terms of him calling out Rumble, you know, I don't think Rumble should wait. It's a payday to take a fight. Glover, that's the only guy that's not tied up that's in, like, the top five. Um, but in terms of not being finished, you know, Gustafson hadn't been finished either, and Rumble destroyed him. Yeah. Um, I think, and, and I've been going back and forth with a lot of people on Twitter, I don't think Glover has the wrestling to get Rumble down, because if Phil Davis couldn't do it, and that, that was, like, so... Um, so much where you could be like, you know, Phil Davis can't do it. Who the hell's going to get him down? The only one that really could was DC. Um, I think they stand, and I think Glover gets knocked out in the first two rounds. I don't see it going any other way. Wait, DC, DC took down Rumble. Oh, oh, right, right, he right. He got the takedown. I don't think Glover can take down Rumble. I don't think well, he has right. the wrestling to, to take any of those guys down. There's always styles, though. I mean, I mean, I know Rumble's got great uh, takedown defense, but maybe with Phil Davis, he wasn't feeling threatened with the hands, so he was... But also, know, Phil Davis is so tall and awkward and hard to fight. Yeah. And by the way, talking to Phil, I am so looking forward to the Phil Davis-King Mo fight. It, that I, fight shouldn't have to happen, though. Why? Because he won the Dynamite Tournament. And still, he, I'm he still looking forward to the fight, McGeary. and I want to do a press conference on the podcast. Oh, it would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to see if they'll do it this week, this Wednesday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to King Mo and Phil Davis and see It'll if they'll do awesome. a press conference this Wednesday. Um, the Tisha Torres-Rose fight. I, You know what? After you said that Tisha's still in school, I started to get my doubts a little bit. That's a lot to go to, to, to get your grad school while fighting. Uh, and after th- watching that fight, I, wa- I was I was pulling for my girl Tisha. I like Tisha. I like Rose too, but I was pulling for Tisha. Um, I think that both their Achilles heel, what they is is wrestling. Like Carla Esparza yes. beat both of them in wrestling. So you take away out the wrestling factor because both of them. Then it's a, a stand up fight, and Rose has gotten much better. Uh, that much she's better. She's crazy. What do you mean she's crazy? She's very unorthodox on the feet. The one thing that I found out about both of them. Is they're both only blue belts in jujitsu? Really? I'm like, how are you? A, how are the two of you blue belts? And I know Tisha how has Rose, no finishes. How do you pull off a flying triangle and I, you're a blue belt? I don't know. I that, don't believe that's the that. Thing that ba- that's they said it on the broadcast. That's what baffles me. But they both look very good. I agree with you. The wrestling is something where they're not high enough yet to where if either one of them had to fight Carla again, I think it would end up on the ground. I think Carla and Tisha would be a great fight, depending on how Carla does this weekend. Um, but yeah, the wrestling's not there, but it was, it was a close fight. I, I arguably you could have given Rose three rounds to one, depending how you score it. The rounds but none, you mean. they, they just, they, uh, they, they put it, they put together a great fight. I was very entertained. It by was it. a good fight. I think that Rose landed the harder shots and you could visibly see it on Tisha. Yeah. When she got hit. Uh, I was, I was pulling for my girl, Tisha Khabib. Uh, you know, it just goes to show you, you can't throw a guy who's not in the UFC, I don't care if he's 10-1 and one or 15-1, no. and one, and throw him in with a, someone that high level as Khabib. Although the first three minutes, I was like, what is he, Khabib doing? He did, Horcher did halfway Horcher decent. did pretty good, but I think that might have been more of Khabib not knowing what was in front of him and just trying to figure it out. I don't know how much tape he watched of Horcher, but once he got him on the ground, Khabib is, is a nightmare, a nightmare for yeah. everybody in that division. I, I love watching Khabib, and it's kind of like... It's a shame he keeps getting hurt. He's got to train lighter, train smarter, because there's a guy who I really hope we don't never gets the title due to the fact that it's just wrong place, wrong time. You know, yeah, I kind mean, of like a Hector Lombard, where you know Lombard spent so many years in Bellator, we never really saw him against the best guys during the prime years of his life. 
And I hope that's not with Khabib, where it's we don't know how good because I really do believe Khabib. I mean, he beat Dos Anjos. He he struggled in one fight. Who was the one fight he struggled in against? He had one fight where he struggled. The bear. Uh, against the bear. No, against uh, that musclehead. What the guy that got butt popped for Roy? Tebow. Yeah, against Tebow. Tebow. That was the one fight that he actually struggled a little bit against Clayson Tebow. People people thought Tebow won that fight, but. You know, one hiccup against a guy like that, and he 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 still got the nod. I want to see Khabib versus the best guys in the division, and uh, it's a kind of a shame that he keeps getting hurt. Do you see that fight? Which one? The Khabib versus Daryl Horcher. I did not. All right. Well, yeah. no um, words. I'll tell you, I was happy for Cub Swanson. Yes. Thrilled for Cub Swanson. He looked good. Looked great. Three hundred and sixty-four days out, he looked good. Yeah. And I think that's what he needed. I think that fight he took against Max Holloway was just too quick after the Frankie Edgar mauling that he got. He sort of, it was just back-to-back. He found his rhythm. He looked like he was having fun in there. We're going to have Cub on the podcast pretty soon. I love Cub Swanson. I feel like Cub could have finished him. There were a few moments yeah. where it was there. Hakan Diaz is a tough kid, Nova Uno. Um But... Cub looked good, and and what what made me you know ex- a little bit more excited about it was he said if my performance wasn't up to my own par or if I lost I was done, and it's nice to see him do well. I think they need to take almost baby steps with him going forward because yeah, throwing him in there He's he had some old, wins, though. yeah, but he had some wins, and then you give him Edgar and Holloway, it's like you, he didn't have much room. It, honestly, I did There was no shot he was beating Edgar Holloway. I could have gone either way. Yeah, but. You know, I'm glad Cub won. I'm glad he did a good job. Me too. He, I mean, I don't think I've met a nicer fighter out there. And just a real guy that wants to give back to the community. And just a guy who, you know, went through a lot of shit in his life and seems to really, you know, care about people and care about inspiring people. Uh, I'll tell you, the, the, the fight that I was shocked at was the Benny versus Kiesa fight. So happy. Uh, I like Kiesa. I've hung out with him. I like Benny too, though. Um, but I didn't see it going that way, especially the grappling that Benny has. I mean, you look up Benny versus Kron Gracie, and it's a very, very close fight. Very close fight. All of Benny's training partners say how much of a beast Benny is. Oh, yeah. They all talk about him. And, Kies- and, and he won the first round, I thought. Benny won the first. It was pretty close. It was he close. actually hurt. I think he hurt Kiesa early. Um, dropped him. But Michael Kiesa is just... He's just that guy. He's, he's crazy. He's that guy that outworks everyone in practice. He's that guy that I don't know how he has natural ability, but his work ethic and his dedication, and he's kind of a fight nerd as well. Yeah. That just takes you so much more than the guy who has a little bit of, t- who has talent, but doesn't give a shit. We all know that guy. I know that guy, the comedian. I know that guy that wrestled. That guy that go, oh, if only, if only, if only, if only he cared about this as much as he did pussy or as much as he did weed or as much as he did video games or as much as he did that or whatever it is. He keeps knocking up chicks. Whatever it is. You see that all the time. And uh, Kiesa is that guy who uh, he's probably the first one to practice, last one to leave, work, work, work. And he's just a, he's a hard out. And to submit a guy like uh, Benny is, is a big Feather in his cap. It wasn't as marquee as a matchup as when Rothwell submitted Barnett, but it was kind of along those lines. You know, Kiesa doesn't come from one of those dynasty camps. He's not a Jackson Wink or an AK. He comes from the camp. It's like him, Sam Cecilia, Juliana Pena, and there's not really a lot of guys there. But, yeah, his work ethic is 
unmatchable. The guy works so hard. Benny's a tough kid. I did not see it going that way. I thought it was going three rounds. But you know what? Kiesa, he, he smells a finish, and he just dives on it like a... Like he might a, just smell his beard uh, I, and he, some the, the, <laughs> the bad badge that he went down on the night before. But either way, yes. I've had the opportunity to train with Kiesa. Uh, yeah? I completely agree with what you were saying. Really? I mean, he's just phenomenal. I mean, of course, with me, he's wrestling. He threw me on, you know... <laughs> yeah, like he treated me like a rock doll, but good looking out, Kiesa. You made me better, so... And what was it like training with him? It was amazing. I mean, like I said, even though he's a little bit bigger size than me, but very technical. And just like you mentioned right now, he's uh, work ethic. It's, you know, it's just like myself, like kind of similar to, to how he trains, how he works, and very focused individual. So I got nothing but good things to say about him. That syndicate, Jim, I think that uh, John Wood is one of the most underrated coaches. Uh, he's, he knows what he's talking about. He did a great job at Roxanne Modafari. Uh, Pyle, Pyle's always in there. You know, you yeah. just can't count Mike Pyle out, even though he's a 60 year old guy with a mullet. Right. Uh, he, he's, he, he's killing it. Vinny has been looking great. Uh, Vinny's last fight was tough though. That kid was tough. That Jay Kuhn oh, fight. Yeah. When he was landing those elbows to his ribs, right? Yeah. The third, third, that was nasty. Yeah, I was right there cage side and I was looking at Vinny. I was like, wow, but he seemed to, to take it like a champ. Yeah. He's tough. Yeah. But John, you know, coach Wood, you know, John Wood, he's helped me a lot. Like I said, you know, I kind of like, did my transition from Sean Tompkins to John Wood and everything else. And for this camp, I decided to to try something different. And it wasn't because of John Wood or Syndicate or the training partners. I just wanted to do something more like, oh, because, you know, at Drysdale's, I was, I'm training with Kyle Griffin. Oh, nice. You know, he's a very, very, you know, skillful, you know, wrestling coach. And then, um, you know, at Syndicate, we got Tom Lawler. And he's good, but I don't really know him that much. And with Kyle, I, I've known him a little bit more. So that's one of the reasons. But, yeah, John Wood, man. Is that Tyson Griffin's brother? Kyle Griffin? No. Is that Tyson? Mm, I don't think no, so. No, no, no. no. no, no. But, but I used to a- watch uh, Kyle was at Extreme Couture when I yeah. was there. And Martin Campman was working throws with him every day. And they were right. doing, like, overhead belly-to-bellies or turnaround belly-to-bellies that Martin was hitting on him. And Kyle's like, no, 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 do this, do this. I'm like, dude, if he does this in the cage, it is going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah. I would watch Kyle wrestle with guys and I'm just like right. this guy's on another level so so he put um right there at Drysdale's he put this guy who became like my wrestling one-on-one you know training partner bodyguard his name is um Steven Steve Evans and he's 210 solid and you know he put me to try to you know take him down over and over and over so yeah you're definitely gonna see some, some nice I'm some excited more I'm gonna be there one. Monday night I'm, I'm yeah. going I, I can't wait to go I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to go Hi, it's Alonzo Bowden, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast. It's called Who's Paying Attention, and you can find it right here on the Sideshow Network. Every week, I talk about news, social events, pop culture, sports, whatever pops up in my head, whatever's in my wheelhouse, I'll give you my opinion. And it's not always me. A lot of times I have guests who give their opinions, and we just have a great time. We're doing it for you, because who's paying attention? You are. So check it out. My podcast, Who's Paying Attention, every week. You can download, rate, and subscribe on iTunes. You can check it out on sideshownetwork.tv slash Alonzo Bowden. Who's Paying Attention? You are. Join me on the podcast on the Sideshow Network. Betch Cahaya versus Raquel Pennington. Uh, that was a good fight. I, I, you know, that was a solid fight. It was kind of a war. I'm telling you, um, Betch might have the best butt. In MMA for don't tell Magana that. I don't know. Betch she, has. Betch is hot, man. What? Betch is hot. You think she's hot? Yeah, I think she's hot. Come on. 
Yeah. I think uh, I think she's a nice butt, but like she's got a really nice ass. <laughs> I think she's. I've I've met her. I've, I've hung out with her. Uh, one eighty four. She was there watching the Ronda Zingano fight, and she's a sweetheart. She is. She is cute. Right, she would you rather sleep up. with Betch Cahaya or um? What Gabby Garcia? Uh, no, no, Betch Cahaya or uh. Who who's the girl that got famous because of the Dougie? That she, that she's like a s- swimsuit model. Uh, the the blonde Kate Upton oh. or Betch Cahaya. Probably Kate Upton. Probably Kate Upton. <laughs> wow! You I asked me the same shit one. last week. <laughs> Probably Kate this, Upton. This is what he asked me last week. Would you Would you have a threesome with Kate oh. Upton or Jessica Alba, and Jessica Alba, or would you rather spend a weekend with Conor McGregor? And without thinking about it, <laughs> it was a weekend McGregor. with Conor. And Rich Slayton agreed with me. Oh, Bubba agreed with me. They didn't me. agree with. They agreed that, that that you said it. They didn't agree <laughs> no, with they you. Agreed with no, me. they did not agree yeah, oh, with you. Oh come on! Here's the deal: if you spend a weekend with Conor McGregor. You might be able to still pull the threesome. No, yeah, he'll, that's what that's what we were saying. He has he he'll be the so water boy for the threesome. Oh, come on, <laughs> come on! I, gotta, I wanted to ask you, Adam, by the way, about the uh, Kiesa thing. What did you think of his call out of Ferguson? Uh, Kiesa calling out Ferguson. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Ferguson I mean, Kobe, but. yeah, I think that it's a great. Anytime you call out someone ranked higher than you, it's a good call out. That's all Kiesa does, though. You know, He's moving. That's a great call out. Um. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'll tell you who I was really excited about was John Dodson. Uh, Dodson looked awesome. Uh, he's so damn fast. Such a nice guy. Oh, my God. Friend. Uh, just a good all-around dude. Having fun in there. He's so and talented. destroyed Manny Gambarian. I mean, that, that's a hard out. Manny Gambarian is a fucking monster. And Dodson, uh, I, I love it. I love it. He good did, for you, he man. He did real well. Um, you know, he went out and even afterwards he's Dotson said, you know, everybody's talking about the 135 belt and TJ and Cruz in favor. I'm your new champ. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. That's, that's something I would like to see him rematch TJ because that was an ultimate fighter finale yeah. where he won it him back at 135, I think could have been the best decision for him. I know he said, you know, if, D, if DJ needs a challenger, I'll go back to 125. I think he needs to stay at bantamweight. Um, the funny thing I saw, and I don't know if anybody else noticed, did you notice they got the time wrong for the knockout? No. They said 47 seconds, but the clock was stopped at 423, which makes it 37 seconds. Oh, but wow. the official decision was 47, and I was like, either my math is fucked up or something's going wrong here. But hell yeah, man. Dodson back, 135, just going to start wrecking shot, man. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm so happy for him because I, I'm telling you, he's such a nice kid. When he fought... DJ the first time and he took those knees. I was like, I was feeling them because plus he just also. I just want a John Dodson in my life. I want a kid <laughs> to give me. I want a kid to give me. He's just so motivational. He's nice. He could fly. Uh, he, he's like this little yeah. cute kid that like is a badass. Like a little Ninja Turtle. Everyone needs yeah. a John Dodson <laughs> in their yeah. life. Who, my life would be so much Adam, better. How does how does he make weight? Because from one sixty to one thirty five. Yeah. I don't know. He no, has no, 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 no. To one one twenty five. Yeah. Now, now he's back at one thirty five. Okay, okay. Yeah, because uh, he, he's he's monstrous. I mean, he, but he's small. I mean, he's also like three foot two. <laughs> but uh, he's got the metabolism of a hummingbird, though. He just yeah. 
probably. I love him. He, yeah, he, he asked me to like roast him, and I'm like, yeah. he, he was always asking me. That's all you do now. Of course. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like he got to uh, the fight via slingshots. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> uh, ice bath. Uh, yeah, he goes to the ice bath wearing floaties, and uh, Chuck Congo uses his do-rag as a condom. Uh, just all kinds of stuff. <laughs> now, uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Decipher. It's a lifestyle firm that specializes in individualized consulting. Call for strategic advising and support, whether you help from the short-term, focus goals, or for long-term career management. Cypher helps by advising a network of specialists that work together to offer mental coaching, personal advising, career micromanagement, as well as contract negotiations and mediation. Okay, they help everyone from CEOs to actors to MMA fighters to boxers, comedians, salespeople, house moms, and yes, even porn stars. Call them at 1-888-731-COACH. That's 1-888-731-2622. Use the code ROASTED to get 10% off. This is not distracting at all, having Tyler <laughs> and a baby and a selfie. It's hard yeah. enough doing a podcast where people cannot see you, but right now Tyler has his baby with the headphones, taking selfies with Rudy. Well, I, I get to talk to you about something then. What's that? I was so sad, and I'm sure you were gutted too. Bambuse or Bang Bus. Why? Because he, he was like good for like three minutes, almost finished Mutanch, and then the next two minutes and then the second and third round, he got taken down. He had nothing. The end of the third round, he's literally standing there for 35 seconds and was just like breathing in and out, had nothing for him. I was like, you, you, you were supposed to knock Mutanch out in the first. What's going on? He needs major, major gas tank work i'll tell you what's going on i think it's when at the highest level of which is the the ufc you can't take these fights on three days notices it's just i mean maybe if you're gonna do that make it be a one-round fight like honestly if because it just seems like all these guys who take these fights on short notice they have one round to win if they don't win one round they they completely gas and it just it doesn't seem to really work unless the other guy's as gassed as you are. Yeah. And it's just short. I always tell people, do not, I don't care. Unless you're getting into the UFC and that, that's your way and you may not ever get into the UFC if you don't have that type of thing. It's one thing. But, or, or if you're a guy trying to get back to the UFC, like a Chris Kamosi or something. Or, yeah. But if you're, if you're already in the UFC, do not take a three a three day notice fight unless you're maybe training for another fight and that that falls out. It just seems like a bad idea. It does. I mean, sometimes it works out. It, I've seen it work out before, but more than likely it doesn't. And you're gonna have that L on your record. And yeah, you've you've made some brass happy and you've made yeah. people happy. But so what? At the end of the day, you have to. Winning is the most important thing when it comes to fighting. And I I just I'm sorry. That's think- just the way it is. No, I think that makes the argument, though, for the guys that always talk about stay ready. And I know there's a difference between being ready in training and then being in a, like a camp to prepare for a fight. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't blame some of these guys. It's like, uh, you know, they want to try to capitalize on an opportunity. Maybe they don't have a lot of fights. Because some of these guys, if they're only fighting, you know, once or twice a year, you know, they're trying to provide and pay bills. So when an opportunity's there, they yeah, it, stay ready is what you're saying. Stay ready, man. No, look, as a comic, you got to stay ready. Yeah, uh, I would not like, I, but I wouldn't do a, the Tonight Show after not being on stage for five months. I know, but if they called you and they were like, "Listen, our comic, we were like, we were gonna have, uh, he couldn't make it. Like, can you show up tonight and do five? Like, you do it. I know yeah. you would. Yeah, those- I think it's a little bit, uh, it, like like you said, the ones that go in to get in, like Horcher. You know, win or lose, he fought Cobby. He's going to get another fight. 
But Bob Busse to take it yeah. on, you know, whatever, seven, eight days notice, whatever it was, and going there against a seasoned veteran. Um, it's a rougher it's a rougher stint. I no, mean, one of the I, most rough sets I've, I've had was when I was on Last Comic Standing. I was living in a house for a month, mm-hmm. and we weren't allowed to do stand-up comedy. You would think that being on Last Comic Standing that you would want to do comedy, but instead they put me in a house. We did games. like We did one of our, these challenges, which was like make – props with carrot top at home depot or read children's <laughs> books to the girls next door or another one was having a yo mama contest judged by jamie kennedy but by the time <laughs> by the time that i actually did stand up was in front of two thousand people i hadn't done comedy for a month and a half yeah. and I, I was like i was my timing wasn't that great I, I was rushing it i overthought stuff and then when i went back and did the next set. I had done comedy for a month straight, and it was a whole different set. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I'm not getting punched in the face. By the yeah. way, tonight I'm on a show. Uh, I don't know if it airs tonight, but I'm on uh, Noches con Platanito, which uh, is a huge show. It, uh, I, it's on Estella TV. It's hosted by a clown, but I guess this guy's like the Jay Leno of Latin America. Tito Ortiz was on it with Juliana Pena. Have you heard oh, of the really? show? Yeah. yeah. It's on Estrella TV. Es- Estrella, Estrella TV. TV yeah. Estrella TV. Yeah. Uh, sorry, did I say Estella TV? Estella, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the beer. Es- no, no. We don't get sponsored by them, so yeah. Estrella, oh, okay. Estrella, Estrella TV. TV. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm excited. I'm, I'm a guest with Heather McDonald. Uh, we're going to be on that show together. Heather from Chelsea Lately. I'm sure people know who she is. Uh, I also booked an MTV show. I'm excited. Uh, it's, a, it's a stand-up show. Really excited. I shoot. I had a funny MTV story I wanted to share. Um, so, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, I was like a year or two into comedy, and I was doing comedy at the New York Comedy Club uh, in New York in the small room, and this girl came up to me. She was a casting director, a friend of mine. She's like, after my show, she goes, hey, you want to be on MTV? Uh, I, I go, sure. She goes, okay, you'll be playing Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit." I'm like, great. I'm like, great. They're like, yeah, they're going to make you. So I thought it was like it was like a role. Like I'm playing like, I don't know, some kind of show where I'm playing Fred Durst. I'm like, cool, right? So I get there and they give me a complete makeover. They take me to like Warren Tracomi Salon, which is a big hair salon. I'm sitting next to Ivanka Trump. I mean, it's like a like a $5,000 thing. They, they make me and they give me all these fake tattoos. I'm like, I'm like oh, do I have any lines? Like they, I just basically sang that song Roland, right? So I get there and then there's a guy that looks like uh, Ricky Martin and a guy that looks like Little Kim. A girl looks like Little Kim and uh, a girl looks like Little Kim and a girl that looked like uh, Christina Aguilera. I'm like, okay, what kind of weird show is this? Okay, but they're like, they're like, the show's called Face Biters, right? I'm like, okay, this. So then they ask me, they're like, hey, so uh, they get the camera. They're like, why do you wanna, why do you wanna be Fred Durst? I'm like, well, because I was, I was a comic, and they t- asked me to be Fred Durst, and they're like, no, 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 yeah. cut, cut, cut. They're like, you have a huge. You, you're obsessed with Fred Durst, and this is who you want to be. You think you look like him. I'm like, no, no I don't. They're like, I'm like, I, I was just told, like, like, then the director comes out, and produce, oh, you don't want to be on the show now, Adam? I go, I don't even know what show I was. I thought that they, they asked me to be, they're like, no, listen, just play along. It'll be funny. I'm like, all right. So now these other people really think that they look like little Kim, and, and like, they're really, like, obsessed with little Kim. One guy had, like, Ricky Martin. Like, he had, like, Ricky He So now... I'm on, they're like, okay, all you got to do is perform like Fred Durst. I'm like, great, this is a stage. But then they didn't tell me there was an extra round where all of a sudden I walk out on TV and I'm being judged by how much I look like Fred Durst. So little Kim's like, yeah, you don't really look like him. I'm like, what the fuck? I was a comic. I got completely <laughs> tricked into being in the situation. And now the whole world thinks I look like fucking, I, I'm obsessed with Fred Durst, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> so now there was a second round where I had to perform like him, and I was so angry about being tricked to being on the show that I I just I went crazy. I started throwing things. I started cursing everyone out. I sang Roland. I like mooned the crowd, and everyone was like, "I got all tens." Like, wow, you really like the, nice. you know you really have the anger of Fred Durst. And then later that night, I went to the after party. And uh, little Kim was there, and she was all up on my shit. She was like, hey, you know, you're really cute, blah, blah, blah. But I had a girlfriend at the time. But I really think I could, I could have banged little Kim back then. Do you think day. she thought you were Fred Durst? Uh, no, <laughs> but I think that I could have actually slept with uh, little Kim back in the day. So, yeah, so anyway, so I'm on this new show on MTV. I'm excited about that. Really pumped about that. So what it's, celebrity are you playing on? I'm, I'm playing you, Tyler. Oh. Uh, yes, I'm playing you. <laughs> They didn't by the, pick very good by the way, your baby is really cute. What's your baby's name? This is Clara. Clara, it's a girl. Yes, she she, she's got a beautiful smile. You so have nice. the most beautiful smile I've ever seen in my life. You have such mm-hmm. a beautiful. Oh, thank you. What a what a cute baby. Touch gloves. I can't believe this is actually your baby. So, um, I get she, jealous. I actually do. Uh, I saw a couple of the Bellator fights. I mean, I went through it pretty quick, but I watched like uh, AJ, Sakara. I saw AJ look great and AJ I saw Sakara. Uh, I think they give AJ that new, that Gallagher dude. Yeah. I think they should give AJ him 3-0 and versus 4-0. and Really? I think they should do it because that guy's been talking about Bubba. He was talking about Daniel Strauss and Bubba said, you know, give him one of the young guns. Uh, that That's a good matchup to, to give two prospects undefeated. How did, how did Pitbull do? It was a boring fight. He won. It was a boring fight. You can't really argue at this point, though, that he doesn't deserve Will Brooks. But they are, I don't know what the hell they're doing with Will Brooks. He hasn't had a fight in forever. His last two, he didn't look amazing. He won. He's a champ. But it's like, I'm not really sure what Bellator is doing with some of their champions. Some, they fight all the time. Koreshkov this Friday. Um, Will Brooks hasn't fought in a while. Minikov hasn't fought in two years and he, I think like five days. He's a heavyweight champion? He's a heavyweight champion, but last year he fought July, September, and I think November, December in Russia. Dude, what are we doing here? Right. And no, then, that whole company, I, I love Bellator, and I, and I like how they're signing some of these young people, but they really got to stress. They have who I believe is arguably the best 135-pounder in the, in the world uh, in uh, Caldwell, and I think that he and, – and no one knows who he is. He should be on every of the one of their like they should be promoting the shit out of Darian Caldwell, and they're not. Uh, Bubba Jenkins, they need to promote him more. Uh, they need to promote, uh, like you said, Will Brooks is their champion. No, if people have he's an afterthought at this point. Instead, they're uh, they're, 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 they're hyping Kimbo Slice versus James Thompson in in the rematch that that we've all been waiting for. And Daily Koscheck. And Daily Koscheck. First of all, Josh Koscheck, they should he should walk out to the cage. And they, he should think he's fighting Paul <laughs> yeah. Daly, and the lights should go on. It should be all his friends and family going as an intervention. <laughs> this is not a real fight because I like Josh Koscheck. Does anyone really think that he's not going to get knocked out by Paul Daly? Somebody who tweeted me earlier thinks he's not going to get knocked out if he wrestles him. If he he doesn't have the he hasn't wrestled in how long? Last he time he wrestled, it. he hasn't won in like four years. He hasn't won in four years. He hasn't used his wrestling forever. He, he gets clipped, he gets out, and Paul Daly is a beast, yeah. a monster, hands of stone. Well, I don't not want to say I like Josh Koscheck, and I'm not saying this to be a dick. I do not <laughs> want to see him get knocked out in the octagon. We saw Jake Ellenberger. He was drooling out of his mouth uh, after that fight. We saw him get knocked out by Robbie Lawler. We saw him get knocked Tyron out by Woodley. Tyron Woodley. Uh, do we really want to see 
Paul Daly knock out Josh Koscheck. I'm sure people it? are saying yeah, what, what? What round do you call it? The knockout. I'm calling uh, walkouts during the walkouts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, With Paul Daly, you, you uh, might be right. Can you, can I'm you saying tweet about that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> saying like, they touch gloves and okay. it's, it's over. He's going to get knocked out from the glove like touch. Like wrestling okay. interference. Koscheck is walking out, and all of a sudden Daly comes from behind, just pops on like, the that last was, fight. That's what they should do. But I don't know. Dude, <laughs> I, I like Josh Koscheck. He was a national champion. He was one of the best wrestlers. He was an amazing collegiate wrestler. He he's a businessman. I watched some documentary. The guy had a fucking jet. Okay, he's, he's a jet. He has a boat. He has a huge house on a lake in Fresno. He's probably he's getting got his own gym. Tons of Fresno puss. Okay. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, he he's a rock star in some regards. What do you need to get knocked out by Paul Dunn in England in Bellator? What what are we getting out of this? What what what? Uh, what? Well, this is goes back to what we're talking about when guys that don't know how to hang. Why or when to hang it up? And I think there's a couple different reasons. There's some guys that have to fight to try to make money. There's some guys I think that are that have always been competitors and they just can't stop trying to compete. Um, and yeah. I think maybe there's guys like uh, you know that don't don't want to let the fame go, like the Shamrocks and those kind of guys. But I get it, I get it. But I, I, but at the same time, I like I like my mo- my memories of Josh Koscheck being like the fights his his fight with uh, you know. The, the Nick Diaz out. fight. Where did he fight Nick Diaz? Or, uh, oh, no, not Nick Diaz. Uh, Diego. No, 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 he had like, some amazing fights. Well, uh, he knocked out um, uh, Yoshida. This Yoshida. is how long it's been since he's had a great fight. Is you can't remember one. Well, no, yeah. it's been a, it's been a while. GSP tore him up twice. Hendricks tore him up. Um, he he beat Mike Pierce, I think, by split decision. Uh, he knocked out Yoshida. That was nice. Oh. He submitted Anthony Johnson. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure I think he did fight Diego. I mean, even watching him on the original Ultimate Fighter, it's like this guy's an asshole, but he's entertaining. Entertain- it's a thing. I like Jack and he's he was a great villain. But yeah, yeah. it's time to, it's time to hang it up. Uh, and I'm not saying that by any disrespect to Josh Koscheck at all. I'm no. saying it as respect to his brain. It's out of brain. care. It's out, out of care. Concern. Now, Adam, real quick, what's your suggestion so I could become the Conor McGregor of Combat Americas? Uh, okay. First, I don't want to seem okay, like an asshole. Okay, number one, we got to win. You know, we got to yeah, win. Uh, that's that's the number one. Uh, yeah. No one wants to see a shit talker for someone who right. had Conor McGregor, <laughs> Conor McGregor lessons. All right. Uh-oh. Number one, we got to win. Uh, we got to win good. Okay. I'll actually just win. Let's get a three-fight winning streak going. Okay, after your third week, then we can start talking shit to other people. Right. All right, uh, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta be funny. You can't just talk shit like um, you're an asshole, you suck, or right. you got, you gotta be clever with it. Okay. Uh, you, we got, you have to do research on your opponent, and and, and even like when, even when uh, McGregor called Askren pubehead, it was still funny for some right. reason. Pubehead <laughs> makes me laugh, yeah. but. You have to, but winning is the most important thing. Right, that's because right. no one wants to see a shit talker or someone who loses. Yeah. It just doesn't. It's not. It's not fun. Well, the funny aspect, I think, I pretty much have it covered with you. Yeah, you know, you're funny. Yeah, you're you're no with you. No, I, I, you could be like my padrino. You know uh, what 100%. that is? You also, <laughs> the Godfather. You yes. also uh, you talked about having your country behind you. That's something that Conor McGregor absolutely has. As he's got his his countrymen behind him, and you got to yeah. rally your people and say, "Come represent," and you can be. But now, well, out of listening start. to Adam, you know, I should also know when to hang him up, you know. But not only as a fighter, now I do, you know, the commentating, the promoting. So yeah. there's many other aspects that I'm looking into, just not on the fighting. Um, well, I mean, look, but but the thing is, is that when it comes to the fighting, you got to focus on the fighting. Yeah. I think a lot of guys out there, they, they, they do too much. Right. Fighting is a full-time job. It's hard enough to be a fighter. If you want to be a commentator, like what's the name did a great job transitioning from fighting to commentating? Uh, Jimmy Smith. 
he knows what he's talking about, and he's the Bellator guy. He know, and he was a fighter. Uh, dabble in it, dabble in it. But the focus, I think, should be on the the fighting because people are people don't. I mean, it's like that that guy Michael Jackson who fought in the UFC. He was like he he, he goes out, he gets knocked out in one round, and then he goes back to his journalist and, and starts commenting he on the next submitted. fight. I'm like, you know, Mike, there's a lot of guys that can do. Talking about fighting and being a journalist, there are not that many guys that can go in the cage and win a fight. You have to look at like where there's a need right now. But like you said, like you got a whole country behind you, dabble in it, get experience. But when it comes to fighting, focus on fighting. That's my personal thing. But who, 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 the fuck do I know? I'm just a comedian with a podcast <laughs> and fucking anyway. I don't know. If we uh, talked about this, but would you ever do a cage fight? No. I would not. I'm 37 yeah. years old. Versus a, Spencer Lazaro? Uh, no, he's the actor. The dude actually trains. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a I have a torn ACL. Yeah. He's uh, a striker though. You're a wrestler. So take uh, him now. That's great. Uh, it, I, the only way I would do it is I, I'd have to if I got paid like a couple hundred thousand dollars okay. from a fight to make it worth it, uh, like like a like a half a million dollars to go in there and I'd, and I'd have to like number one I got it would have to be a year away because I got to get my surgery for my ACL right and I, and I and I respect what you guys do so much I would have to take it I take it very seriously yeah. I'd have to do like two a days I'd have to learn jujitsu I'd have to learn I, I don't I never throw a kick in my life I gotta learn kicking right. uh, all I've done is like take boxing classes and wrestling Right. So, but yeah, wrestling would be well, like with that being said, we also respect what you do, Adam. Oh, thank you're you. You're a, a blessed individual through you. You know, we could access, you know, we could reach out so many people. So I appreciate that. I don't want to cry right now, but don't uh, cry. Don't Please don't cry. Uh, <laughs> I cried while watching Summer Rising the other day. Oh, well, how was that? What was that about? <laughs> it was pretty rough. What happened? Uh, I only saw a few because it wasn't aired. Right. So it was like hard to find. Crookshank won by uh, soccer kick. Wow. Okay. He knocked the guy down, kicked him in the head, and the ref was like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> um, I know Fujita got knocked out. The Vanderlei tag team Sakuraba jiu-jitsu match ended in a draw. Okay. Uh, Gabby Garcia won by armbar. How did she look? She looked a little better. They were striking on the feet. Um, the other girl took Gabby down, and she ended up getting in, sweeping her, getting in the mount. Was raining down strikes on her. Girl puts her arm up. Gabby grabbed that and just went to rip the arm off. So it was a little better than that, like, weird knockout of Lady yeah, yeah. Tapa. Um, I just, I don't know. The promotion, they need to really, I think, step it up. I don't know if you guys saw it. They announced Fedor's next opponent. Who is it? Fabio Maldonado. Oh, my God. A, two, a, a UFC 205-er is going to go fight the greatest heavyweight. <laughs> He's going to get murdered wow he's getting i mean remember what stipe did to him and the yeah, guy uh, went up to, to face stipe on short notice Fedor's gonna kill this guy he's they need stand there and get murdered oh uh, yeah he's gonna stand and he's gonna bang with him and he's gonna get hurt i you know what i i had high hopes for ryzen i know it's their first few events i really hope saki kabar can come up with some better ideas than whatever the hell is going on with it right now because it's rough <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a great you're so landscape. Stressed about these promotions. You're sitting there stressed about Bellator. <laughs> because I need, no, because I need more Ryzen. than I need. I need better. Like you've got UFC, who's basically monopolized the the UFC uh, the MMA promotions. Bellator is doing very well. They have a great product. World Series of Fighting. I liked what they did in the beginning. Good friends with Ray, but. It's tough to watch because they're not really stacking. They don't have the roster to stack their cards. And they're giving certain guys stupid money that they should be spending to, you know, get a few newer prospects instead of giving one guy 160 grand that I don't think deserves it. Um, 
And I thought Ryzen, you know, was the new pride, and it's just not stepping up to that point. Maybe UR fight is where is where it's going to end up. Oh, you think so? Maybe that maybe that's going to be the one that works out. But you know what? I'm excited for the fights this weekend. I will say that. Yes, we're going to talk about that on Wednesday. We're going to break down the whole card on Wednesday. You got two cards. Uh, two cards. The Bellator card. You got the Bellator card, and you got the UFC pay per view. Um, I'm excited. Yes, we're going to talk about that on Wednesday. Um, uh, by the way, so tonight, guys, I have a fundraiser at the Lucky Puppy uh, after I do the uh, the uh, Latino um, show. Uh, yes. I, ha- I have a, f- a fundraiser um, after I do Noches con Platanito. Platanito. I will on uh, Estrella TV. Estrella. Estrella TV. TV. Estrella TV. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be on that. And then um, I got the Lucky Puppy fundraiser for dogs. Uh, I'm excited about that. Tomorrow night, I'm at the Dime Bar. Uh, come if you're in LA. We got a great show. We got Godfrey, one of my favorite comics. Godfrey will be there. Is he going to jump anybody in the audience? Uh, he will not jump anyone in the audience. Uh, and then, where am I? This week I'm shooting a pilot. Uh, oh, make sure you tune in to my show on Oxygen called Living with Funny. Uh, t- tomorrow night it's going to be really good. Uh, D Ray has a hilarious storyline tomorrow night as well as Michael Blackson. I'm on episode three, five, and seven, but tune in. It's awesome. Uh, it's a great show. Living with Funny on Oxygen Network. Um, and then Fight Week, International Fight Week. I will be in Vegas at the Stratosphere. Hit me up if you want some comps. Okay, I'll hook you up. So, anything to promote? Where can people find you, Rudy? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Ruthless Morales. Well, pretty much all my social media is at Ruthless Morales. Yes. And my Facebook is Rudy Ruthless Morales. Tyler, what do you got so, coming up? Um, I'm open Friday, hoping to pick up some at the Ha Ha. Saturday, I'm doing a couple of benefit shows uh, out in Camarillo. So uh, hopefully we'll raise some money for a good cause, uh, doing some comedy, and uh, just hanging out with this little one. Nice. Yeah, but I don't have a date for tonight for Combate Americas, so to, uh, the exchange LA. So if any of the ladies want to come by, ladies, then hit yes. me up on social media. <laughs> yes. What, what do they call it on the song? Now, where the is, DM? It? Where, now, where is yeah. Exchange yeah. LA? Yeah. Is that, is that downtown? Downtown LA, Exchange LA. But it's going to be on UFC Fight Pass and NBC Universo. Yes. This is Fight Fight Pass, I think, is tonight's their first event hosting Combate America. Combat, yeah. So that's and, huge. Yeah. So and, I always said that I wanted to be in the UFC. So I guess, would that count? Like, yeah, kind fight? of. It's, in a, it's an avenue to get there. You know, right. they're picking up a yeah. lot of different organizations, and it's great. It really is. Puts a lot so, more eyes on you. Yeah, definitely. Right. And instead of being on, you know, some random channel that maybe not everybody carries, Fight Pass is worldwide. Yeah. And then it's for the non um, Spanish speakers. Then they could just go to UFC Fight Pass. And- oh, really? So it's in Spanish on, uh, on NBC, NBC Universal, Universal and, and then on Fight English, Pass in English? Pass, yeah. Who's the commentator in English? Um, they have many talent but um to be honest with you right now at the top of my head i don't know okay but they have both the spanish and the english version oh, I, I think like it's that. ray ray flores i think it's the commentator in english okay cool yeah and then cool. what do you got coming up uh i will be making my first appearance at the dime bar tomorrow night you're coming tomorrow night yeah me, nice. and the, me and the girl are gonna come hang out watch uh watch you and a bunch of other people perform and uh nice. just have a good time other than that when is that tomorrow Tomorrow night. Oh, nice. Tomorrow night, yes. If you're in town, come yeah, to the Nine Bar. Yeah. I, got uh, nothing, I got nothing else really to report. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Sideshow Network. Thank you, Ben. You're the best. And have a great week. Bye-bye. <laughs>